Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of the X-Button, Season 3, Episode 14. I'm one of your hosts, Alejandro, with me is the caveman finally, like, seeing the light of day with internet. Paul, I am back in the 21st century, everybody. It's good to be back. Yeah. And a very special guest who is referenced in the show a few, uh, like, very often. In fact, uh, when I went back to listen to old episodes, he was like, sort of mentioning some of the very early episodes before I really knew them. Uh, your friend and old buddy from back in GameStop, Duncan Godet, right? Yes, yeah, Duncan Godet. Hello, everybody. Godet, Godet. and who we call Duchess in our Destiny clan. How are you doing, Duchess? <laughs> doing pretty good today. I'm actually quite excited to be able to finally be on the show. Yes, you're one of like our most avid listeners also, which is also really cool. So, and this has been in the works for a while. In fact, like just for like uh, behind the scenes stuff, like I wanted Duchess to be with uh, in our show for when E3 got canceled. And unfortunately, because of your schedule and whatever you work now, like that couldn't that couldn't happen. But we were like, no, we got to get you in like sometime in April. And then it happened. So. And now you get to see Paul after you haven't seen it since he, since his move. Right. Yeah, I know. It's been what almost two months since I've gotten to see you. Roughly. Yeah, because we would have met up maybe like a week or so before I left, I think. And then I've been just dark ever since, practically. At least we've been able to text back and forth a little bit. I think I briefly heard your voice at some point, but uh, it's it's been a slow process coming back. Very slow. <laughs> yeah, wasn't it one of the videos that was posted in the Discord in our Destiny, in our Destiny chat? Because I know that uh, OC, so. the one that where you're trying to do the sword skate touches and then just like straight fell. Yep, <laughs> absolutely botched the sword skate. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I can't wait for our client to listen to this episode. So, you have to shout out to probably Aussie, Fire, Spartan, and uh, either Mano or Gun or Guns. I know they sometimes listen. So, this episode is dedicated to you all. So, and Paul, we're three episodes away from episode 100. That's shocking. Yeah. I don't Ep believe it. Yeah, episode 100. When we came back on May the 4th, 2021. Gosh. What a what a time it's been, huh? Yeah, so much has happened. And I tell I've been like re-listening to those old episodes just to kind of reminisce and remember what was happening around that time. Very funny stuff, but I'll save those details for whenever we get to episode 100 just to talk about like what the early part of the show was. So that enough of the preambles because this is the X Button Podcast or Gaming Podcast that posts every Fridays from 2 p.m. onwards, God willing available in the YouTube channel Escape Gaming, as well as most audio services around the world, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the like. You can find links and the RSS feed at anchor.fm slash escape-gaming, which I think it's changed to like Spotify, uh, Anchor for Spotify or something like that. I have to really check because Spotify bought Anchor, which I'm super salty about. Uh, oh. But besides that, if you enjoy our show, give us a like and subscribe. So without any preambles Paul let me hear from you like what you've been playing while you were like in in your deserted island <laughs> <clears throat> so uh in order of kind of the amount that I've played them I starting off from I guess right to left on this list mm -hmm. is Moonlighter is mm -hmm. a little indie game that we uh I had bought forever ago when it was on a deep sale essentially the idea being that it's fantasy world are us and uh there's a dungeon that has like five categories or whatever and you are a shopkeeper that uh sells goods from the dungeon by day 
and then by night you go into the dungeon to collect pieces of like the monsters and things that people drop when they've died mm. and then you take those things you teleport out whenever you feel like you've gotten far enough and then the cycle begins anew you sell those items on your little table you expand your shop really adorable little top-down well-animated pixel game i would definitely recommend trying it out because it's like an interesting process but like not a roguelite mm -hmm. um but it has like some of the earmarks of some of that like quick um combat and such but after a while i was like all right well this is a good kind of game and then i jumped into some of the more big name items because i've been on a bit of a star wars kick lately for yeah, obvious we, reasons yeah, we've all been by the way that new episode of the mandalorian right the one this oh, week yeah. so do you agree is the best episode of the series i don't think so but i think it's up there yeah okay i i don't know if i would say it's it's almost cheap because of how much it forwards the plot it makes me like it more but at the same time i feel like there were some other episodes that i technically enjoyed more like the original minds of mandalore episode i think two or three i can't remember episode two from the season two. Um, and then I really liked the one that had Zeb in it. I can't remember which one that was. I don't know why that's the pirate what I remember one. from episode it. Five. Yeah, that's the one. I really liked that episode. That was just great. Um, yeah, so I think those are my two favorites, but this was like just for sheer moving the plot. Or not even moving, it just like started the plot essentially almost. The entire um, season. <laughs> yeah, more or less. But I... I mean, not to go into too many details about a TV show when this is a video game podcast, but I, I feel like in the end, it's going to justify itself and people are going to enjoy the season a lot more on rewatches mm -hmm. where a lot of people started to, they started off loving season two and then they kind of turned into this like, oh, it's just an Easter egg hunt of like different people mm -hmm. from Dave Filoni's it was back animated to, yeah, characters. It was back to pilot for Dave Filoni's like yeah. e expansion like, characters, but it was still a really good season. I disagree I with them. Um, with that feed with that sentiment yeah but um i feel like just like that situation happened this is going to be one of those like people aren't going to understand the thread until it's all out and then they're going to be like oh this was fantastic actually because people lost their ability to have patience and let things actually play out uh they're just like oh you haven't explained this yet I hate this. This is terrible. You haven't explained it yet. You have to show, don't tell. And I'm like, that's not how this works, buddy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's just my thoughts on that side of it. But anyway, yeah, I went back to 2005's Jedi Academy and mm -hmm. uh, played the heck out of that game because to go back to that one. Yeah. As we've so talked about it, um, it's a game that looks rough at first, um, and then when you get knee deep into it. It is just the most fun that you could probably imagine. And I wish games were made kind of like that, where you could just break the game in such a way that is just very entertaining, very heartwarming, very earnest. And uh, I miss days when Star Wars games were like that and just the really dorky voice acting. Um, I think it was James Marsden is like your buddy. <laughs> who is just funny because I'm rewatching Boy Meets World. Duncan might know this because uh, James Marsden and uh, Will Friedle are both in it as best buddies, our best buddies in real life, and continue to act together <laughs> in a bunch of other things because we also watched Kim Possible and they're also in that as best buddies in that show. I, I forgot they were in that show. 
I I did too. <laughs> and then I was like, I I know this voice. I know this voice. Why do I know this voice? And I just did a whole thing rabbit hole. Bless Elizabeth for sitting through that while I went on IMDb. <laughs> uh, that's just my whole thing. Ninety percent of my personality is going, hey, I know that person, and then spending twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're like doing the Leo DiCaprio meme of him sitting and like pointing at the screen. Yeah, yeah, I'm just. <laughs> I know that. So yeah, uh, that's two of my four. The next one, I guess I'll jump straight into uh, Fallen Order. Mm -hmm. That I revisited. Um, I did a very specific method where I started with uh, f having finished the game already and went back and like got collectibles, did all the combat trials. All the stuff that didn't require me to like restart the game, mm -hmm. uh, just changing up the look, the lightsabers, just having a good time of it all. And then uh, when I finally decided to go back to the game, I finished the intro segment and went, yeah, I think I'm done. <laughs> um, and it, it almost it's, it it's hurt new, for a second. It's New Game Plus sucks, right? Yeah. It is. It is a very not well done new game plus process to just explain it to anybody briefly for most games like for instance the other game i'll at least mention it's god of war ragnarok mm -hmm. they just recently did a no game plus patch i'll get to that in a second um but everything you have all of your stats all of your weapons all not just like cosmetic items but physical things that make you stronger and better in the game carry over naturally that's what just about every new game plus does and then you just boost off of that jedi fallen order does not do that it keeps your cosmetic items which is just your ponchos normally it's supposed to be your outfits but there's a known bug, bug okay. in ps5 in the ps5 version that deletes the outfit category from your game and there is absolutely no way to do it on new game plus you have to restart a new game and it is just a problem that apparently exists and was never fixed. Yeah. Um, I thought I was crazy for the longest time, and then I looked it up just yesterday and found out, sure enough, the Reddit, it's a thing. The Reddit post you sent me. <laughs> I was like, in <Yeah>. hysterics. <laughs> That's I can't wild. believe it. I know. Uh, so you can change all your ponchos, you can change BD1, you can change the Mantis, and you cannot change your actual uh jumpsuit color. So basically, if, if someone wants to 100% that game, they have to like do it in normal play not new game plus yeah actually so. um yeah there's no way to do it if it glitches out like that it will not let you collect it because on my game it didn't list it as like i got the chests but when i went to the spot where the chest was it was already open as if i had opened it up already in the previous uh game <laughs> so <laughs> keep that in mind if y'all trying to do things and it doesn't work for you so duchess uh when was the last time you played uh fallen order uh, probably around like when it came out. Ooh, like, like I kind of, I kind of blit, like I blitzed through the game and like finished it. I did a couple of the combat trials, and I was like, "All right, I'm done." Because like I like Souls games. It was this very isn't quite one. That. This is this right. is like a Souls like, but not like quite a super like. Because I I feel you're more of a Souls event because yeah. I remember when I was like doing my Bloodborne replay last year that we were like in the Discord chat. And you were kind of coaching me through the uh, Kanehurst Castle boss fight, <laughs> so I was like, I'm, "Yeah, like your knowledge is like you, you, that's like your beat, basically." <laughs> oh yeah, no, like FromSoft games are passion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How many playthroughs have you done of Elden Ring now? <laughs> um, so on PC, I'm only on my third playthrough, but on PS5, I'm on my eighth or ninth. Dang. 
So yeah. 14, yeah. I'm just in my yeah. third one. Paul, you haven't gone back to Elden Ring, right? You just beat it once and... I technically... I think in the, like the last year... Well, that came out a year ago. Uh, from the last like month or two, before I moved, I think, I tried going back to it briefly and I just ran around, found an extra dungeon or two because <clears throat> I was trying to do this thing where I would find all the dungeons I missed by mm -hmm. pulling up like a Google image thing and then going around and finding that area just so I could see how many weapons I could find mm -hmm. and then like restarting a new game plus from there. Um, because there's a few weapons that I've seen of, but then like don't know what they're called and don't know where I would find them. So I'm like, I'll just go through and find all the dungeons. Um, and then very quickly, I was just like, this is going to be a war of attrition. It's going to make me hate this game. Can't do that to myself. I'm going to turn it off and play something else. So that's what I ended up doing. Um, yeah, I still love it as much as possibly I could love a game. But at the same time, you had your time. It's it's one of those <laughs> games that I know that if I try to revisit, I'm not going to enjoy it as much as I did. Um, unless I fully played it in a different way, but I don't have the desire to try playing a different way. You and know? not and not New Game Plus. And that's the key, like th because I, I did my third playthrough not New Game Plus, <laughs> just like as a fresh, fresh start. Yeah. And, and the game in those games is brutal. Yes, and uh, especially if, because in my first run, like that's when I I knew where Bloodhound Fang was. So I went to look for Bloodhound Fang mm. from a fresh character. Went to Margaret the Fell, completely whipped his ass like in like five seconds, like deleted him. I was like, holy crap! <laughs> and I didn't even have my summons because I had forgotten to go talk to Ronnie, the witch at the, mm. at the church. I was like, oh yeah, crap! I was because I was like uh, doing the bell. I was like, and he and you know who the character stares back. It was like, where's my thing? I was like, why is the summons not working? What? And then mm. suddenly I was like, oh. <laughs> I forgot that Rani, I need to wait for a night and go to that first church. So it was like, that should be the way you try it, Paul. If you want to do like a different playthrough, th uh, play like do it like a fresh start, like from zero. Because okay. because I'm otherwise, curious. like, it's just going to keep scaling up. Like with, like with hard, harder and harder and harder. It's... I just love having all of my weapons and items and not having to go back and find where I found this random yeah. sword that I really liked because it was such a pain to build my like strength and intelligence build that lets me just delete bosses with the big Kamehameha laser. Comet, yeah. Uh, Comet um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really liked that. I loved it so much and the hoops i had to jump through to get everything for it make me be like i don't want to do that again so i might like i do a faith build if i played the game again because there are a lot of really cool spells especially like the red lightning dragon ones mm -hmm. that i just never touched because it wasn't like part of my stat list so uh that that's what i'd do if i would replay it but if i ever have the time and desire to dive into that for another two months then i'll uh, let y'all know that just do we know when shadow of the earth is coming um no i don't think so i don't think they have a fixed date for it yet i know we had a time frame but no like actual like oh yeah it's coming out here because hmm. uh, i think last i saw it was basically it's coming out eventually yeah it was just like it's in the it's like an in development thing right yeah it yeah because they said i think late 2023 so it's coming out this year mm. man eventually. can you imagine if that drops next to armor core because that's still supposedly this year mm. yeah yep. that'd be wild 
the double the double whammy from sub. That would be great. Now, uh, do you think we'll be able to carry our stats, like our current builds, to that DLC? It Most seems likely. like a prequel, based on like that art that they sh that they shared. I mean, like so based off of previous examples, because like if you look at like with Dark Souls One, they mm -hmm. had the um, the Abyss Walker DLC. Mm -hmm. And the Abyss Walker was technically a prequel to the base game. And they basically were like, oh, you know, you got pulled through time, so you could keep mm. everything. And that was kind of their excuse. Okay. And I don't I don't think this is gonna be a prequel. I think this is more likely to be a pseudo continuance. Mm. Um and a lot of people think it's gonna be about Mikola, which mm. to be fair, the game hints. At it being Mikola, yeah. and isn't Mikola on top of the uh, uh, the horse? Like in, the, in that in, it's in that it's, yeah. that's what it's speculated to be. Because a lot of people originally thought, um, well, if it's a prequel, it might be Merica. Mm -hmm. But everyone's like, no, 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 no. That would be weird if it was Merica. Like, obviously, this is something different. So, yeah. if it's a sequel, like a like a continuance of the story. Then it's gonna be. It has to be Mikola. Like yeah. it has to be. Right, you reminded me that I think it was last Sunday that I watched like a thirty-minute explanation of the entire lore of Elden Ring, and just hearing a bunch of the names next to each other is like in classic George R. R. Martin example of starting everything with the exact same letter. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there's Malikas a lot of M names. Americas and Mikolas and all of that. <laughs> oh man, but I can't wait for more Elden Ring. Elden Ring is so cool. Uh, so. And do you have anything to say about Ragnarok, Paul? I only um, played. Just... I only played until the Thor fight from like New Game Plus. That's as much okay. as I touched it. So you're still in, like firmly in the pre. Uh, I keep saying prequel because y'all kept saying prequel prologue <laughs> um, section of that game. Yeah. So just that it's a very well put out New Game Plus mode um, that continues everything. It kind of fixed a lot of the issues that I used to have with the New Game Plus in 2018's God of War. With like difficulty, which was right? that. Yes, where it ramps up the difficulty heavily and it just assumes that you have all of the best stuff that was available in the previous game mode. Because for most of us, we finished the game and then stopped playing the game and then picked it back up without either beating the Valkyries or finishing everything in the, was it Niflheim uh, maze mm, Niflheim, and yeah. stuff? Muspelheim's arenas and stuff. So we don't have like the really good armor sets. I jumped in and just got freaking hammered. Uh, and unfortunately, because I didn't like 100% all of the collectibles, I still had a few stats to pick up, which meant that I didn't have any of the new game plus materials to upgrade the new armor mm -hmm. because I could never upgrade anything because they replaced all the items in the chest with the new items. So mm -hmm. it, it was a whole problem. But now they've pretty much fixed that where it's like if you haven't picked it up, they're going to keep giving you the previous stat items. So like I had the I apples of uh, Eden mm -hmm. where it was giving you extra health. But if you had all of them, it gives you the materials you need for upgrading. But I haven't had any issues either with upgrading all of my existing stuff. The new black bear armor is super cool. Like big um, fur. <laughs> it just it makes Kratos look so much more imposing, even more so than he already is. Um, and then, as I mentioned to you, Alejandro, uh, there's one tiny detail I was that I do not like about up. it. Yeah, I was cracking up when you told me. <laughs> it's not that uh, it clips with the Blades of Olympus. I've kind of just accepted that, and my brain doesn't register it anymore. It's the fact that the bear for texture it has little droplets of snow built into the skin of the 
cloak and because it's only designed to be seen and used in the winter actual uh thimble winter area it's never meant to be seen anywhere besides a winter zone so it's not actually the cloak reacting to the weather it's that it is physically just has as snow it, perpetually it has like on a its snow, shoulders like, stuck into just the texture like a yeah. tiny tiny bits of snow right on the ends of his fur so like in gameplay you don't see it at all no issues but in those like close-up cutscenes, it was clearly never meant to be used after that point in the game because you just see like little droplets of snow, even if Kratos in is in areas. deserts <laughs> and wherever he is. Um, so it just it bugs me because it's it's like so tiny that I'm just like I just want to just get get it <laughs> off. Um, and it makes me think like, did they just not put the snow as a layer? Like then I start thinking technically because then I'm like. Why would you build that in to a point where it's not removable? It just feels like common sense that you just add that to another layer on top of the rest of it rather than create just one texture for the whole thing. But then that's where I get into like, all right, I'm not talking about anything that I know. So <laughs> what do I know? Um, but it's just like that tiny thing that bugs me. Besides that, though, it's fantastic. I love going back to it all. Um, not looking forward to sitting through the Ironwood section, I'll be honest. But then everything else up is that, up and yeah. up from there. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm gonna probably keep playing it as my single player choice game uh, whenever I'm not playing Destiny now. Yeah, now that you have internet, which we're gonna be raiding <laughs> this week. Uh, I know. How many times have we done the raid now, Duchess? Um, it feels like ooh. ten times. If yeah, it, it feels oh like enough, it's been quite a few times. Yeah. <laughs> What's the runtime for one of those? Ooh, like less than an hour sometimes. Ooh, it so kind of it's depends that on the easy. I think that's true. I think our fastest time currently is just shy of an hour. Mm -hmm. Wow, that reminds like me of what was it? Something. Vault of Glass in twenty-eight minutes or something mm -hmm. that we did. Yeah, uh, that was amazing. And this is even easier than Vault of Glass because you're not gonna be like have, mm -hmm. having to be like, okay, now you're gonna be telling uh, right middle. Left, right, yeah. none of that. None of that. Like this, this is a raid where only two people have to do work, <laughs> literally. And then yep. the rest is just. I love it. Yeah, it's just about like knowing so how, happy. knowing how to kill crap in that one. <laughs> so, can't wait. I can't wait to like take you through that raid. And I told Duchess also, I'll be. I'm like worried. Oh. I, I'm just yeah. worried that about your luck. He's worried you're going to get the raid exotic on the first try. Hey, you got the raid exotic for uh, Vow the Disciple. And my on, third like, time. The f yeah. Super I still don't early. have it. I've never even seen it besides that one screenshot I think I saw. <laughs> um, but that reminds me, though, because I never updated it. Uh, I was able to finish the Lightfall campaign mm -hmm. on Destiny before I got my internet fixed. Um, nice. Because I went to my office where I was working... It was a day where everybody was kind of working from home. I decided to use the internet for some videos that I needed to sit through and watch. So I brought my PS5 to download things. <laughs> Fortunately, the internet was terrible there. However, it was just good enough to actually play Destiny. So I just booted up the final mission and did a couple of cracks at it with no pressure on me. And then all of a sudden I was like, wait a minute, I'm doing really good all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, with Strand and with my machine gun from Deepstone Crypt, coming uh, right. I, yep, I uh, cleared that sucker out. It has subsistence and something else that's really good that I can't remember. Um, but essentially, it just 
shredded the tormentors from a distance and then i used a glaive uh the judgment of chelchus mm -hmm. um and wait no Ch doom of chelchus is the other thing the yeah that's judgment the of scout Cal doom of kelgaroth kelgaroth that's it um <laughs> yeah so i use that for my other option and just just absolutely destroyed everything so i won and i it was victory and then i got the strand exotic uh pants for the titan yeah and i just found out today that the feet glow mm -hmm. uh so when you're running the souls of your feet light up and i i was just so happy because i love glowing items on exotics and it's apparently a really stupid good yeah. uh, exotic yeah. so yeah I'm i would recommend excited. watch videos to so you can immediately do the build because right oh, now you can, got, yeah, you can start like building at the currency yeah. <laughs> that I want to go through. I just I didn't watch it because I didn't want to get sad about mm. not being able to use any of it. <laughs> I followed like a, a destiny builder on Twitter that has a couple of things that I want to plunder booty or something like that. Out. Plunder booty or something like that because I know he does Maybe. like a, a really good builds all the time. Yeah, so. he does. And that doesn't gonna... like easy, like has the 14 minute like quick video of like, I do this it's... and use this and this. Destiny Build Hub. It's just a, a list of the exotics preferred, the artifacts and notable mods. Uh, and then it just has a picture of like what it looks like and how to get it and what the aspects are, what's on it. It's just like three images, very easy to break down. So, so, so Paul, I have a few of those. Paul, real quick, since you finished the Destiny 2 campaign, tell me what happened. <laughs> I think the best uh, summary of the Lightfall campaign that I got was somebody said, hey, I have a cutscene of everything important that happened during the Destiny 2 Lightfall campaign. And it was, of course, like 90% of the intro cutscene and then like the last 30 seconds of after you've beat Callus, mm -hmm. where the actual thing happens when the witness gets to the Traveler. And that was it. And I went, hmm. Okay. That what is, explains a lot. Yeah, what is the veil? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we've kind of gone back and forth on this whole thing of what that, uh, like why that was long-term storytelling, but also maybe not the best for, you know, your big flagship expansion mission to be set. fair bungie did also admit that yeah, they, they kind of dropped the ball <laughs> okay, like they I'm were like look guys yeah. it. was like, it it was the pre-twab from last week right the one that was it like was. Our, our reaction to the reaction to lightfall or something like that yeah that, yeah hmm. they were like we obviously failed to like portray the story we wanted to portray so moving forward we're gonna do better which we'll see yeah yeah <laughs> We know um, we know that they're giving us a free mission to explain us what the frick the bail is next season. After For... dropping everything about it on us at once, yeah, and uh -huh. explaining none of it. Yeah, <laughs> I, it it shocks me how when you have that many moving parts and that many people, like that nobody either spoke up or somebody tried to, and somebody else above them said, "Shut up, that's dumb," and that like we never got explanations for such simple things because you know how like whenever you're building something yourself and you're writing something yourself you think you've got every angle figured out and then you hand it to somebody and they go uh yeah but what is this thing and you like realize you've never occurred to you at all uh to discuss something very simple in your story and uh 
what oh, Duncan, you can help me out with this. Uh, Edward Hopper's painting. Do you remember the details about that? Um, essentially, uh, not off the top of my head. So there was that's that famous thing where it's like a fifties diner at night and there's like a guy oh, sitting in it and yeah. somebody comes up to him and is like, Don't you think it's so interesting that you decided to not include a front door for that diner? Um and like why you think it's so profound because of this, that, and the other, and Edward <laughs> Hopper's just like, Damn it, son of a yeah, <laughs> like he's like so pissed off because he forgot to just draw a door. And so it's that kind of concept where the des the bungee people wrote up this whole great thing and then forgot oh shoot uh we forgot to explain why this is important so so that's kind of the crazy thing though is that like they they touch upon it a lot in the post campaign missions mm. of like what the veil is speculated to be and like all this other stuff the yeah, problem like the black is, garden like, like a connection to like the vanilla black garden from like way back when yeah the black heart from <laughs> way back in the day mm -hmm um and like they they drop all of these hints and suggestions and then immediately go but we'll tell you more later hmm. it's like it's still now that we've removed like almost two months since we beat it it's like that's still like flabbergasting especially how much there's some really cool story after the campaign uh try to do the nimbus um quest paul that gives you the machine gun that that has oh, both volatile um... and weekend together uh yeah the oh the, the i just saw it chaos. pop up yes thank mm -hmm. you um is it a long mission not really but it takes you to the garden of salvation raid like in in reverse and yeah. has some some really cool oh. story for nimbus how how they like react to um the, the death of rohan and all that because that mm -hmm. weapon was rohan's so because uh... nimbus was like the most like hated character from that campaign like everyone hated like as well i didn't mind that i thought he was like had that cool surfer like hey dude what up kind of kind of vibe but so many like, people really hated him well them yeah nimbus is definitely a like portrayed as kind of like a a naive kind of character who like this is their first time really being mantled with responsibility yeah i think um I think a lot of people were way too hard on Nimbus because for part of it, I didn't have audio uh, for the earlier port parts of the, the campaign. And then the thing is that th those were the worst parts. <laughs> the early so parts. maybe it's a good thing. I don't know if I even want to revisit some of those early missions because it's going to remind me of how really tentative a lot of that early stuff was yeah. sitting in an Airbnb with crappy internet. Um, <laughs> Which it wasn't even that bad, honestly. I um, tell you, it's like run it again and pay attention with like the alternate characters. Strand is such a cool power to have on all three characters, and much easier to yeah. unlock than. And you have to play the campaign with all three to get Strand, don't you? Yeah, though you could pay, but don't pay. Like there's some people no, that you that pay that. to skip the campaign. It's like no, don't. Also, do that. like the campaign on regular mode is really easy. Yeah, yeah. Really even if you have like a decent build. There's only like one or two spots in the campaign that I actually had issues with. One of which was circular I think room it related. Yes. Yeah, with the laser guns. Um, and I was like, why is this messing me up so much? Some parts were like, I didn't even pass into it, but I guess the kill box was wider than the actual beam. Mm -hmm. And that would kill me anyway. So, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on with that. But yeah, I want to go through with my warlock and do that to 
kind of round myself out a little bit more this year. Really good. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing. Really good. No, it's like um, I I, ha I don't take it off. That's what's so funny. Like uh, because we sometimes run a couple of warlocks for the raid, but I'm always the one that I'm like, Mano, time to put put your uh, put your <laughs> put solar. well on, bud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. I'm the one that I'm the Pulling DPS, ranked. yeah. No, because I'm, I'm I'm the DPS king with that thing because I know how to like it's do a lot, a lot of damage. Man. That's why. So <laughs> you're gonna have to tell me what your uh, build is for that because very easy. I realize very easy. how e how easy is it to get the currency to unlock all the strand aspects? Just play around the um, just play around Numuna. Do patrols. Do bounties. Do you have to do Neomuna? It to has to be Neomuna. Yeah. Okay. Well. So you get 200 from Nimbus every week per character that hasn't completed everything. Mm. Um, and then you get you get a bunch of them from doing quests, though. Uh, so as you kind of play through the quests post-game, they'll give you, like, 500 there, like, 200 okay. here. Um, otherwise, it's just kill stuff with Strand. And it's very slow. Yeah. But much better than Got the it. stasis... Process. Oh god, it's yeah. so much easier I, than stasis. I convinced myself I don't think I'm ever going to actually unlock hardly anything with stasis until they just get rid of all of that process and say, hey, here it is like everything else. Mm -hmm. <sighs> well, and it's Strand nice is having a... Yeah, and, and, and Strand is just so much better. Uh, uh, yeah. Duncan, do you want to say anything about Command & Conquer 3? I see that's like your other game there. Oh, I've just been playing it a crap load. Yeah. I've decided I felt like hating myself, so I've been playing it on hard. And like, that game is really hard on hard. I'm I shocked guess. to find out that I actually played a Command & Conquer game on the PS1, and I didn't even realize it. Yeah, because... yeah, no, like, uh, the very first one was on, like, N64 and PS1. Mm -hmm. It played, like, garbage. Yeah, it... Oh, it was hard, but there was something about it that looked really cool. And I was like, I don't understand anything about this because I'm like six. But this is really cool looking. I would <laughs> yeah. love to try this And back again then, that day. would look cool because PS1 it actually did. looked cool for our feeble brains back in the day. Because, I mean, the all the actual stuff was pixel art. Um, but, of course, like the cutscenes yeah. were live action. Yeah, they were FMVs. Like, it's weird, like going but, back to meet. Was it Tesla or? Yeah. Was I don't it like remember. pixel art, like the like Diablo two, like original um, Diablo two style? Sort of. Like it's a, it's uh. Um, it's sixteen bit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Instead of and the it's full like 32. all vehicles and stuff. Um. And like the guys but, are like these little like, like it's just the top and a bottom and there's a wiggle when they walk. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's really rudimentary but there's there's a charm to that for sure yeah and um, duncan so this is one of the few games that you're able to play on your pc that's not destiny <laughs> yeah but oh you told me so yesterday. <laughs> so this was a conversation we i had with uh, alejandro the other day uh -huh. and it basically like he was like well why don't like how many games did you play last year and i'm like i don't know let's check it was 14. yeah 14 games and for wow. the entirety of 2022 i played mm -hmm. 14 games and only like five of them 2022 games i think it was yeah only five of them came out in 2022 like so i was like you know what i i i should really play more games yeah. so tell him the solution you've come to um <laughs> you told me yesterday. so my solution was throw money at the problem so i'm gonna mm. buy a, a a steam deck so i don't play games because you can't play <laughs> destiny at all on the steam deck oh yeah so, so he, has to, like, take the, he has to take the drug addiction like like like, like i have, to, I have to go somewhere else <laughs> uh but no once it comes in i'm gonna pick up um octopath traveler too mm -hmm. 
which I've been hearing so many great things about. Oh god, I really love that. great I love things. The first one. So, so, so that will be like a really great one for you when you get that. So, I'm debating a Steam Deck because I have a big. My brother has my Steam account. I gave it to him because he has the PC and he's just been amassing the library, like such a big library. Because he actually buys codes from like a weird place that sells like games for like three bucks. The oh, actual like full things. Yeah, that one. So, so, so that's why I'm like. Man, eventually, because you can play a bunch of stuff in the Steam Deck without it being verified. There is no guarantee it will work flawlessly, but I have heard that many people try those games and they somehow end up working still, so. Yeah, there are very few games that are in the Steam library that just don't work at all. Mm -hmm. um, and That's they're usually one. Yeah, um, but it's usually like the developer has to go through and mark the game as unplayable, but like because like it won't launch at all. Like, Steam will be like, hey, you can't download that game. You can't play it. Tough titties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, 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 which one do you buy from the Steam Deck, uh, Duncan? Like, uh, I bought the 250, the middle one. Oh, okay. How much is that one? Uh, ooh, like, five something. Ooh. So, it's still, it's still slightly pricey. <laughs> like, yeah. give, give and take. So. Yeah, like yeah. it's it's not it's not ideally priced, but it's not like terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was five twenty nine. Yeah, and then the higher higher end is like six forty nine, if I remember. Six fifty, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Someday they they might get cheap, and then when it gets cheap enough, I'm like, yeah. It's like I, I remember seeing uh, people like playing Jedi Fallen Order in it on it. I was like, ooh, that's a cool. The idea of being able to play that full game like on the go, and even things like Spider Man and God of War 2018 that got Steam releases and work there. Obviously, right now they're trying to make The Last of Us work on St on Steam Deck, <laughs> but they just have to get that game working PCs in they general. Have, they have other problems with that game. <laughs> just a few issues, okay. a couple minor fixes. They got just go a couple through. minor bugs. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. After after we're done recording, I'm going to send you a video that someone like shared of the that the scene where they meet Ellie and everyone's like just dripping wet, like the character <laughs> like dripping like, like, like as they just... they're panning back yeah. and forth, like they just get progressively wetter. <laughs> yeah, in that scene. <laughs> that's like a mix of airplane and was it super troopers where they had that one chick that had the uh, hat that kept getting progressively bigger yeah yeah oh man oh, visual man. comedy yeah i tell you it's like that last of us pc remake is like this they still haven't fixed it like the comedy of errors just keeps on growing since we talked about it in the show so as for me like for what i played real quick obviously i did try the god of war ragnarok a new game plus i play less than you i was like Yes, it's cool that I had this. Uh, I need to finish Hogwarts. So I, I was like, I, I, went, I went to finally finish Hogwarts Legacy. So 35 hours later, I'm finally done with that game. Uh, I already said my piece in our chat poll, but just real quick, because I, I really enjoyed it more than you and uh, our buddy Sebastian did. I wonder if that is because I wasn't a hardcore Potter fan, but I, I have, I have yeah. a quick question. How did you feel about like the non-starter of an ending? Um, it was dumb, but in a fun way. Like I liked That's it fair. because the because I was like, oh, cool, a dragon. <laughs> so instead of because because I was thinking, it was like, would I feel cool if like I was just literally magic fighting a freaking dwarf or whatever or goblin, whatever it was? Goblin, so, yeah. Yeah. So it got it like I, I felt the fight was cool and epic, obviously conceptually dumb. But again, it was like I don't have like a really appreciation or let's just say that I don't really care about Harry Potter like as a as a concept too much to let that bother me i just love how they portray like something that i remember watching in the movies and recognizing so much of that going through hogwarts and all of that 
uh, I understand though, like if you were hardcore part, it, it did feel weird me knowing at least the whole about a cadaver thing that I was using it next to like the professors and they didn't even bat an eye when you're like going through the cave and, fin and finishing off that. There's like that, yeah. I, that I'm like, yeah, that feels weird because that even me, I know that you use that. It's like you're punished forever. And there's the big uh, Sebastian uh, like quest. Psychos of the dark oh, arts that yeah, makes it that makes a big arts. deal that, that makes a deal a big deal about it. So it was so funny that it was like in in story, uh, they were like trying to hit like things that I remember from the movies, but in gameplay that didn't like quite compute. So I could see that being a problem. But let's see what they do with a sequel. I mean that thing sold a lot. So I enjoyed, it, but I definitely like. I think I'm gonna put it around the same spot that we put it so far, Paul. With like everything else else we played. Resident Evil 4 is definitely yeah, like much better. At the Dead bottom Space, of yeah. everything that's kind of come out, outside of like the few that really stuck it out, mm -hmm. um, like Atomic Heart and Forspoken being at the automatic bottom of our list so far. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 Duncan finished Atomic Heart. Yeah, He's the one I that actually, convinced me I actually to not hey. that game. And uh, yeah, it's 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 okay. <laughs> yeah. I figured. I was like, yeah. I was like, I wasn't enjoying it anyway. So hearing that, I was like, okay. This was already a miss for much. me. Uh, and uh, after I finished Hogwarts, I I, I said that I, w I wanted to finish Jedi Fallen Order before Survivor. So I actually, just before this recording, I both beat and platinum the game again. That's my second time to doing it in PS4 in like two days. How easily he says that. Because Jedi Fallen Order is such a difficult game to platinum. And you even mentioned it, but you're like, yeah, so no big deal, but I'm already at the Vader boss fight over here. Like, you started that like two days ago, bro. Yeah. To be fair, I was Not already. Not only did you beat it, but you platinumed it. Yeah. To be fair, uh, I picked up a save. I didn't start from like the very beginning. I picked it up through the second visit at Cepho, so I was already technically halfway through. Okay. So yeah, so... you were much further in than I was thinking. I, I thought you'd started blind, uh, started from the be actual beginning, mm -hmm. and then somehow platinumed everything. Yeah. Because I, I platinum, yeah, say. yeah. Because I platinum them before. It's like I know where a bunch of the collectibles are. I know like what they require you. It's like there's like a trophy where you have to get a hundred perfect evades. So I just went to the abandoned village at Sefo, waited, wait, like wait, waited one of the trader guys to come in, and I was just like doing the matrix stuff for like a good, mm. like a good minute, and boom, the thing popped. Uh, there's like another trophy where you have to do like the hold the enemies, and then the more you hold the R1 or whatever key it is on pc because i know mm. you like on pc that you do the thing that that you put oh, force to like slow and then yeah. you have to kill 25 of those uh you, there's another trophy where like one of those like horses you have to let one of them kick you and then you kick it back like let him kick you and then go ahead and then do the the kick thing which is like yeah. dodge attack and then that gives you trophies like very easy trophies the very annoying ones are the exploration ones the having to like find all the bd1 scanning so here's some lore here or scan the enemies they scan the enemies because i knew that was gonna happen because i didn't do that on ps4 so that was a pain having to go through the entire world scanning every enemy i beat this time i did it as i went and i was like okay cool when i see vader it's gonna it's gonna pop me the trophy and boom there it was um there was one that you have to find the endo cordova or whatever the the mm -hmm. the jedi that you're looking like kind of like you know cordova yeah so because uh, there's like something called the data disc from bd1 that you you keep like journaling like all, all like his findings and i had all of them except one that i was already in bogano like near the end and then i looked up i was like wait a second i thought you should have popped your trophy and then looked it up i was like crap i'm missing one that's all the way in one of those temples so i had to fly back into sefo and sefo is the worst planet 
like in layout. Especially, especially yeah. for a game with like no uh, fast travel, it's such an annoyance. Or like now I have to go all the way to the other side of the map and what is the most optimal way? And then I pull up the map and the map is like all crisscross. I was like, is this the fast way to do it? Is this not? I was like, ah, oh, that sucks. But if you were not a completionist, that wouldn't be a problem. It's just me that I'm a completionist. Those are like the problems that pop up. Like, it's kind of like what happened to me with God of War Ragnarok uh, last year that had I just like played that game like mainline, not worried about like completionist, I wouldn't have run into the problems of the map, the compass and all that. Like what happened to you, Paul, when you were trying to go back to the crater, when I told you, follow the dog, because now you're going to be lost and lo and behold, you were lost for much longer. So it feels like those games, when they're trying to give you value, their weaknesses are exposed more than if you were just playing them. But after finishing Fallen Order, I feel this is one of those 7 out of 10 games that I love like a 10. It's like, I know it has its problems though. I send you so many clips. Like I, I there was a glitch that was like driving me nuts in the later half of this game where the lip sync and the cutscenes was all off. Yeah, that was really messed up. That was uh, worse than the Modern Warfare uh, 2019, 2019 PS5, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it was like the lips would like start moving and then three seconds later, the dialogue would play. And I found out what was the problem. Uh, I had this game installed on my... Uh, m2 ssd that i installed oh so, yeah so it was like the games work but there are going to be a few games that maybe are not optimized to like run fully like on an ex on an ssd that's not Extended. the ps5 ones yeah so but that usually, makes sense i guess you almost need to like transfer over into the actual ssd mm -hmm. what you're going to play and then but it almost so becomes quick. the same issue where it's like well do you just have a regular hard drive and you have to transfer it over whenever you're ready but to play it. But it's much better because transferring from the SSD's PS5 to the SSD that you install is in seconds. Literal oh, really? seconds. Yeah. Okay. That's that's, no, like, that's that's one huge advantage that the PlayStation 5 has over everybody's direct storage. Mm -hmm. the, the transfers are like so quick. So damn quick. And even the console recommends it's like if the game is like having some weird like behavior on the SSD you installed move it over to like the to the to, to the internal one i thought i had it in internal but then i went to check i was like oh it was in, the, in my m2 that hmm. makes sense but again it's like that's something that can be put real quick and the rest of the game worked except when that elevator that i show you that i was going through a temple and like there was that like was a massive thing funny. clipping in the middle <laughs> so it was like like the elevator activated and you didn't move with it so you just sat there while the elevator rose around you uh... <laughs> it was that was weird yeah, it's like, it's like, I, it's, I've got a couple of glitches yeah. that I want to post now that I have internet again, and there's going to be some good ones, I tell you. Yeah, and about I tell you, it's like, it's like, that's what my big hopes are for Survivor, that they had the time now, they have the money. I learned through an interview that the, for, this game was like done real quick, because they spent so much of the time convincing a Lucasfilm to allow them to use Jedi, and they had like a tight deadline, so, because they, they, know, they were like, no, why don't you do a third-person shooter instead, and... and the director, Stig Asmussen, was like, I worked in God of War. I'm like, my expertise is melee. Let me show you. Like, let, let me prove it to you that we're going to do it right. And they worked on concept for like two years to finally show them. No, it's like, we're going to treat the property right. Because apparently when it comes to Jedi, Luca, the, the Lucasfilm, uh, the story group is like, very protective of it. They don't want to just like let everyone do Jedi stuff. So they convinced and it's like, no, we can do it. And, and then it was the story group that allowed them to do Order 66 adjacent storytelling. 
That makes me want to know which of those goofballs tried to make a game around Jedi that was so bad that they just mm-hmm. said, we're never going to let people touch this again. Yeah, it makes me wonder, too, that they were, like, so right. protective of the idea. So, And it's so funny. They wanted a third-person shooter, and that hasn't happened in Star Wars during the Disney era still. like We lost two third-person shooters, 1313 and probably Ragtag. And that sucks. Because, I try not to think about it, but I think about it daily. Yeah. Hey, we might get Ragtag again now that Amy Hennig is working at Skydance. And she I said don't the know, show was... man. She hasn't made anything at this point because in nobody like, like lets her <laughs> play anything or yeah. make anything. Um, I don't know. Maybe she's cursed at this point. I, I'm, I'm worried. But yeah, we anyway, need to we need to um, wait for her to finish her Captain America and Black Panther World War II game. <laughs> yeah. I like just smack my <laughs> finger on my on my table. Oh god. Yeah, yeah that, that was perfect timing. <laughs> but enough of that, Paul. We got a few things to talk about today, so press X. Yes we do. For some news. So, Paul, uh, our first story is not really a story. It's more like our reactions to... Um, oh, look at those blue eyes. <laughs> so, when I tell y'all, today's been a good day for trailers and gameplay. <laughs> Man. Yeah. <laughs> I, hmm, it started I, like, in the do morning. Do you want to just jump into yeah. both at the same time? Or yeah, just that's like why I, chronologically, yeah, that... I guess. So let's start with Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom having its third trailer coming out and this is the thing that like we should have seen like i told you alejandro from the very uh, beginning i think either from the beginning or before like the deep dive on gameplay which wasn't much of a deep dive it was just kind of like just scratching the surface well just like explained what's going to even be possible and like i understand it i respect it but that wasn't what i was looking for after everything else that had been coming out for Mm. tears of the kingdom especially for I think that one trailer that uh, had mostly um, cutscenes and then ending with like two seconds of gameplay of just a random like link on the little hover ship mm-hmm. for yeah. a second, and then it's like Tears of the Kingdom, and so, I was like, "So that one where's happened, the rest of the gameplay?" So, so that one happened. If just to kind of remind you, Paul, that was the trailer that was revealed when we were expecting that we we're gonna get Wind Waker and Twilight Princess. When we woke up very early in the morning, that's and, right. And then we were like so salty with it and get that that then that trailer played and we got the title reveal the same week of the death of Queen Elizabeth. So that was that's why it was so funny that the UK didn't stream that thing because. They were on Queen Elizabeth morning at the time, uh, but that didn't register. And then obviously, even we... in hindsight, I'm looking back on that specific commercial, not commercial trailer. What am I saying? Um, and I'm wondering like what they actually revealed out of that that was unique. Because besides like just the hover. it was all stuff that we'd already kind of knew about the storyline and had guessed about the storyline, but didn't really reveal anything more and then of course the only gameplay that was shown was that last three seconds of like a quick pan and that was it Mm -hmm. and i was like this is nothing about what i'm expecting out of the legend of zelda game what is going on here yeah we were having our our talk with our buddy sebastian also in the in our private chat with him that at least how they were showing it at least for him he wasn't seeing what was justifying this as a more expensive sequel to the other one. He wasn't seeing like the yeah. the, the, the advancements. Like I saw the potential with the fuse mechanic when we saw the gameplay. Just thinking 
the six years we've lived with Breath of the Wild, many people break, like, saying they break that game, but not really breaking, it's just playing with, like, the tools that they've been given to do a bunch of crazy stuff, and on Nintendo basically giving them the, the keys of the kingdom, basically. And mm. all the weird things that could potentially happen, we know that. So, yeah. <laughs> so, keys of the kingdom. That, I mean, I'm expecting a lot of, like, penises. <laughs> Let's just say, like, like a lot of that. Be so many dicks. I mean, like so I said once before, we saw it once in Banjo Kazooie on the 360. Yeah, it's, <laughs> but nuts and bolts. It's just like you just have to accept that it's going to be a thing, and then just work forward with that. Um, I, I guess clearly they're going to acknowledge it because we're going to see that one way or another. Yeah. Um, all sorts of screenshots in front of NPCs and things. It, it's just going to be the worst yeah, but the trailer though for the for for today but yes coming holy, back to yeah holy crap with that like holy like holy crap i was like the scale of the amount of things that they showed uh giving me a tease of what looks like actual the re actual return of dungeons like actual elaborate dungeons that uh, it seems like story there's gonna be more in your face story than we had before which was Oh yeah, if you want story, find the memories that are all scattered around the world, and you can piece it together if you want. They dark it. Yeah, they, they dark souls yeah. it, yeah. But the return of Ganondorf? Like, actual Ganondorf? Not Calamity the Ganon, real Ganondorf. Boy-looking <laughs> good. The best he's ever looked, I think. Because, I mean, I we didn't really even have many options. Like you said, Alejandro, when you posted that one article where it's like, he's only been in four games, really. Mm -hmm. Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, Ocarina, Ocarina of Time. And now this one. And now this. And that's it. And I feel like this is like, well, okay, so non-canon, he's also been in Hyrule Warriors, uh, the first one. Yeah. And, but anyway, also, I still think that might actually be the best he's ever looked, but don't tell anyone. No, a lot um, of a lot of the character models in Hyrule Warriors are like they rock because it's like the evolved art style of Twilight Princess in H in actual yeah. HD. So Yeah. So anyway, on an actual topic. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, Ganondorf looks freaking awesome. I cannot wait for that whole thing. I cannot wait for the present focus. I'm really glad they're focusing on like the survivors of Hyrule, mm -hmm. where it's like Link is riding his horse, pulling a carriage full of like regular townspeople. There's missions where it looks like he's defending them and like mm -hmm. working alongside the Hyrule guards. Um, like it's very clear. The champions, like, yeah, like the, the champions, champions of Hyrule that all die, like that are kind of like uh, following through the ones that got sacrificed back in like the Calamity mm -hmm. era and fighting alongside you. Yeah. I, I'm really glad that they're continuing to be like, yeah, these people are still important uh, because they were chosen and they're going to continue like being big chosen one people um, and that you can fight alongside them now. It just it's making the world feel more lived in than I think Breath of the Wild did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Breath um, of the Wild it was, was like bacon. <laughs> Breath, Breath of the Wild, Wild was, was more like a sandbox. Yeah, it was like lived in with an emphasis on the ED part of live. So it's like there was once people, the but past, there ain't the past, no one left. Yeah, yeah, very past tense. Yeah, but we had to, we had to, play, we had to play we had to play we had to play Age of Calamity to see what that world looked like actually populated. Oh so. gosh, I <laughs> hope we're not gonna. If we're gonna get the Mandalorian season three treatment where they're like, "Oh, you want to know what happened here? Go play Age of Calamity." Anyway, yeah, no. At least they very clearly said that 
uh, Age of Calamity diverged in its storytelling, so it's mm. not going to actually bear anything on what's going on with this. No, um, it's not. It's not required reading, basically. Like why they yeah. what they did with that one. I don't even think it's canon anymore, based on what they've been doing. If I'm not mistaken, but I don't know. I, so, it's above my pay grade. Duncan, what do you think of the trailer? Uh, I mean, okay. So personally, Zelda's always kind of been an overhyped game in my opinion like they're not bad games they're very well designed yeah. they're fun to play uh but to me they've always like in they've always been like given way too much credit mm. i don't disagree with that especially with the last few uh, yeah I've, I've gone i've gone on record many times in this show that oh yeah how much how much breath of the wild has been told the greatest game of all time i'm like screw you it's like yeah there's I appreciate like the things that it did really well. I mean, we're seeing the influences in like Elden Ring. Yeah. Like yeah. those things are like it was a trendsetter, and I give it that. But greatest game of all time, I can't give it that. Like I just can't. Looking at this trailer now, so that I'm now seeing like because I always said Breath of the Wild, amazing open world, not a great Zelda game. For like what I used to like, I feel like the actual praise given to Ocarina of Time, the game that set the template for 3D at action adventure like forever ago. That is one that I'm, I always give the credit to. The other ones were cooler, but it was like the actual trendsetter was Ocarina of Time. Okay. Uh, Breath of the Wild was half a trendsetter for me. It was like in open worlds, it's like they made them more interesting than just checklists. But to me, like Zelda is more just in that. It's like I remember their story so well. It was like so many amazing moments, like authored moments that were just not there in Breath of the Wild because they made it a sandbox. They were like, no, now you make the moments. And yeah. And that's the thing, like, I've seen the cool moments from videos. I'm not that creative. I'm not going to make, like, the most creative thing I can do is, like, I see a, uh, a Bokoblin, like, camp there, and I see a rock, and I see they have a, they, they have a fire barrels, or I'm just going to push the rock, let it, like, let, 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 let the let the rocks hit them and explore, and then just move on. That's, that's as creative as I could get with that game. I know other people were, but that's just not how my brain works, so a lot of, like, my memories of that game were a little bit more vacant. It was, like, I enjoyed, like, sometimes seeing dragons, like, pop out of nowhere while I was exploring. Those were, like, really cool visuals, or seeing the, uh, the Divine Beasts, like, in the four different corners of the world, like, very far away, and the game never, like, loading, like, with no loading, you could like, get closer and see, like, the majesty. It was, like, uh, the feeling I love from a game like Shadow of the Colossus being uh, put there, but then the rest of that game was like so unmemorable to me. That this trailer for today, I was like, if they can keep like what the promise of how like malleable the fusion mechanic will be and all of that, but now they're actually tell like a truly memorable story, I can buy the hype now. Like I, I can I can a little buy the hype a little bit more, but. I'm also bracing that people may also give this another greatest game of all time kind of thing, and then I'll find some annoyances and be kind of like the outlier, but who cares? We'll see what but, happens. Yeah, but... Yeah. But I, one... I think it's like, despite mm -hmm. how good it was, there's still another game that I'm more hyped about than all of that. And I know we don't, we're not going to get into it just yet, because I still feel like we have a couple things to say about Tears of the Kingdom, but... I... Um... Yeah, I feel I feel like I would say this like one of my favorite things from that trailer was when it feels like you're gonna fight a dragon like on the sky from like where, where it looks like there's like a calamity happening and a fight in the air. I was like, that is so cool. Like with those like are a the... flying ship in a tornado. Uh -huh. That's like the kind of weird epic mythology stuff that you would see in 
I, I like to say that it's the stuff that you see in Legend of Zelda and Elden Ring mm-hmm. or like Dark Souls before it, where it's like you talk about something and the way you describe it sounds like you're summarizing a Greek myth mm-hmm. where you're like, yeah, I remember that one time you found like you went into a tornado and you got caught up in it and you found a flying ship inside the tornado and then you fought pirates on the tornado or mm-hmm. anything that happened in Elden Ring with the way that, that game played yeah. out. but. Just that's story, one thing I that I, I really liked about Breath of the Wild, where it's like you would be genuinely shocked at some of the things you'd find mm-hmm. just by wandering around where like the weird island where you had no equipment or the crazy island. island that was a uh, labyrinth. You had like the crazy, I mean, it's not flying, but the weird spirals and weird deformations. The fact that there's a hole in the mountain from a presumed laser and you're like, mm-hmm what the crap happened here or the first time you saw the dragons fly up over like a mountain range and you just sat there shocked before one of their little lightning balls hit you Mm -hmm. because you're just like oh my gosh i feel like i'm a tiny part of this world it it had a great sense of adventure it was like it it brought back sense of adventure into open world games that especially the ubisoft kind that loves telling you literally everything where you will be able to find everything in a certain spot like just go to the check marks and like that was a great repudiation of that and both that and Elden Ring showing that people are hungry for games that respect them as players it's like hey no we're giving you the tools for you to like have your own uh, your own agency to find this stuff but we're also designing the game so well that it feels like we're also signposting you that's kind of like the big magic of playing an open world like Elden Ring and then like eliminating all signposting from like Horizon Forbidden West or even uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. They give you the option to play them like HUD-less. Those games are unplayable without HUD. Like because yeah. their, their worlds they are not really like orga- are. yeah, their the worlds are not organically designed for to catch your eye into and and promote exploration. They are they rely a lot on the signposting within maps and and I'm, I'm just hoping that we keep going through that, but not like become like super obtuse games. Also, I feel we can find like a perfect meter, like yeah, a per- per- perfect it's a metal. really difficult balance between trusting your audience to understand the signposting you're making and actually what most people are going to do because they're not going to be 100% engaged at any time. Mm-hmm. They're always going to be taken up by something in the world around them that's going to make them miss a signpost, and then they say oh my gosh, why didn't you tell me blah, 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 and then it becomes the yellow barrel problem all over again. <laughs> I was going to say, um, like, if you if you have too many signposts, it's the yellow barrel problem, or the yellow paint problem. If you don't have enough, it's people complaining that, like, how did I miss this secret that's directly in front of me? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> I, I am sometimes in that camp, because sometimes my brain is just not exactly where it needs to be to notice the detail on something that... Like, my logic brain goes a different direction. Mm. So sometimes I really like the extra signposts, but at the same time, for something like Elden Ring, where there's just so much, it doesn't matter if you miss a signpost or two. Mm. And same thing with Breath of the Wild, there's um, just different things about it. That's That's the thing, is, like, Elden Ring has more signposts than the people give it credit for. It really does. Yeah, like the the Sites of Grace lasers that point you towards, like, the next boss. Finding the statues that... Finding the little like curved statues that if you activate them, oh, the catacomb statues yeah, they, they, they that point forget. you, that tell you what direction they're in. Exactly, it's like it tells you direction, it just doesn't tell you to go here. It's still, right. it just right. point, it just points. It's just like no, go over there. But and, and then for you, me, it was like even if I missed somehow the catacomb, I would find something else that would keep me happy anyway. Yeah, 
so it was so like, funny it was so funny those early days with Elden Ring that because you were very ahead of me because I was still playing Horizon and other stuff and when I went on my oh, dark yeah. on my Dark Souls one tangent also that you were like so like you went and played through all of Dark Souls one instead of playing and the... continuing Elden Ring yeah and that's I think that's where the play the game we agreed on meme came uh, from for oh, us yes. because I just kept like. <laughs> Just come play the game that we agreed to play together. Yeah. I'm having the time of my life. Jump in, dude. And I and I hey, was I'm gonna go play Dark Souls one again. No, because what? that's that's what was so funny. It was like that literally was just me, just curious how it would feel now that I had clicked with Elden Ring. And then when I and then I was like, oh, now I click with Dark Souls, and I just kept playing and I kept playing and I kept playing. I was like, crap, like I'm really enjoying this one right now, and I never finished it. I was like, I know technically. It's shorter than Elden Ring, so I'll finish it, not knowing that it was like a 60-80 hour game also. So, <laughs> that it just never ended, but, but and like, so the oh man, I still have this. Is, is you can beat that game in five hours. What? You can oh, beat well, Dark Souls you... 1 in five hours. I believe it now, yeah, now yeah. because of certain things that you can do, I'm sure, even without exploits, because there's just like a certain route you can take, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, there is. It's just it, you can beat it in a, about five hours if yeah. you play it legit. It's crazy. <laughs> I think yeah. exploits can beat it in like ten minutes. I can oh, imagine yeah. that, that yeah, one. Yeah, I, yeah, I that one I can that. imagine. It's like those games are designed to like be exploited. That's kind of like what I learned. That is like you you never feel like bad about like feeling like you're exploiting it. Is like the game is giving you the tools to exploit it. I mean, the game also cheats. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it's yeah. like it's like a back and forth thing. Like freaking Pontiff Sullivan and his like summon. That that's where the, that that to me that's where mimic. I I figured that's where the mimic tier idea kind of came from because he fights you with his own mimic tier. Yeah, oh, man. And Paul, how many times did I say I'm quitting? I'm done with this game and came back like five minutes later. That was also Constantly. me. <laughs> Constantly, I was just every time you were like f this game i'm so pissed off at this and i was like where are you at now buddy and it was it was just like a constant back and forth and then in like an hour or yeah. something you're like i beat it i know <laughs> and you're like i'm going to keep playing this game and you would just get like yeah. just enough like ability <laughs> you have momentum once you beat something finally and you're like okay fine and because everything right after you beat a boss is stupid easy mm -hmm. i don't know if they make it that way or you're just like on top of your game whenever probably, that happens probably both it's a little both yeah yeah but then you just go through an entire like extra zone and you're like caught back up in the atmosphere of it all again and mm -hmm. then you're just like oh shoot it's been three hours i thought i was gonna quit <laughs> Yeah, to me, like, just figuring out that after beating, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Pontiff Sullivan, was like, I was in Arn Orlando again. When I, initially yeah. I was like, this looks like Arn Orlando. And then I climbed up the elevator and I saw this stuff, I was like, wait, is that it? And, this, and then they Arn Orlando. Arn Orlando. Exactly, exactly. So I was like, I, oh, okay. That was a really good return. I remember that moment when I came out and I was just so happy to be in that wintry area which i think isn't mm -hmm. that where all the pvp would happen as well like uh, right outside in dark zone? souls 3 the pvp was in the swamp if i remember uh a majority of the so there's a there's a, a landing right side of paltiff sullivan's yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, like that circular area yeah. okay it's yeah that's right what I'm thinking it's of. right before the last we're right before the first bonfire of uh, anor londo mm. That makes sense. Yeah. I remembered that whole zone really well and then walking up to it and then just being like, oh, 
Because Ainul Orlando, I think, was probably my favorite area. Such a strike. Um, it was just, even me playing it later. Such a striking imagery yeah. getting there uh, when you do in that game. After the one of so, the yeah. hardest castles with like the with, with the serpent head, stupid. Like, what, 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 what was oh. what's the place called? Do you remember? It was like Ascends uh, Fortress. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Ascends <laughs> Fortress. Sen's Sen's Funhouse. Yeah. As yeah. some people called it. Yeah, Sen's Funhouse of uh, Boppers and Snake Boys. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, it's so funny that our buddy Sack, he's like replaying Dark Souls over and over. It's so funny. Like, uh, our buddy, because he was like the guy that made our, a lot of our art, uh, Duncan. Like, when we were playing Elden Ring and Dark Souls, he was just like an oh, observer yeah. last year. And now he's played through literally every Souls game except uh, Sekiro. Sekiro. Sekiro broke him. <laughs> I mean, Which Sekiro is, is the least Souls-like Souls-like. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There's the a lot <laughs> of, like, learned lessons that are just blatantly wrong for Sekiro that, you, like, you need to do the opposite of. And mm -hmm. unless you have, like, the self-awareness to realize that, most people are just not going to vibe with it. No. But anyway. I, yeah. I, I just like that Jedi Fallen Order is Sekiro easy mode. Because yeah. it's so funny that both those games came out the same year with almost the same kind of idea for like pairing. But obviously, like. I would love to see somebody going through the gauntlet of Jedi Fallen Order, Kena Bridge of Spirits, and then playing uh, Sekiro. Oh, God. Especially <laughs> Kena Bridge of Spirits has literally the worst pairing system of any modern game. Like the window, the the window for pairing on that game the is, is awful. stupid, inconsistent. Yeah. So, but, and how and how much you realize yeah. the last the last boss is for you to parry. That's the worst part. That it feels like if you're not parrying, like you're not doing it right, and you're just At not going to survive. At the same time, though, such a great lovely game. game. Yeah, it's now available on PS Plus uh, Extra for people that haven't played it. Well, it's yeah, coming. It's coming. It's coming. Go go play Kena Bridge of Spirits. That game is like a Pixar game. It's yeah. so wonderful. But since yeah. we like tangented so much after uh, Tears uh -huh. of the Kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm Back excited. Off to... Yeah. I'll say this. <laughs> like, it's so funny. I've, I've started, I started this year with like mild excitement. It was like, I'm, I'm going to play because it's Zelda to, okay, I'm seeing like if they nail the mechanics that they're introducing, that could be like really cool if it works. Like manipulating things. And then seeing this trailer, I'm like, God damn it, Nintendo, you got me. Now I'm super excited for this. It is going to be wild going from Jedi Survivor to Tears of the Kingdom and then into our next segment, which is Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy 16. 16. Yeah. The, state and, of, uh, the dedicated state of play happened ooh. literally uh, a few minutes before we started recording. And that was such a deep dive. And Duncan, you know how much Paul is a big fan of like Devil May Cry, right? Oh, yes. I've never seen a game more like tailor-made for him. Like, like it was like a good five seven minutes of just showing us endless and endless combos, combos, <laughs> fighting styles, different. Uh, what are the Adel Eidolons? Uh, icons. Um, icons. The, yeah, yeah, yeah they're icons in this. It's so funny that I've never actually heard how they're pronounced. Um, so I always called them like Akon. Like so the if uh, if you played a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm -hmm. That would explain it. Yeah, They're referred okay. to huh? as mm -hmm. icons or icons. That explains a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Golly, so I'll I'll just start it off because um, before you gosh, before, before I, you start before you start off, Paul. Yeah. Okay. This okay. is this is the kind of game I wish was available to me when I rewatched Game of Thrones last year and then watched House of the Dragon. Holy crap! Like that aesthetic was like speaking to me so much, and then seeing like all the crazy crap 
Go. You yeah. have the floor. You have the floor. Yeah, okay, here we go. <laughs> so, um, man, that just makes me think that I want, uh, like, a parody redo of Game of Thrones, except all of the really bonkers, weird Final Fantasy stuff is in it. <laughs> but everything else from Game of Thrones is. <laughs> um, anyway. So, yeah. Uh, if they distilled all of my interests into like one game uh aesthetically at least and in theory since it's not released yet this it seems like this would be that game because it's all of the extra fat trimmed off of a lot of like the final fantasy the rpg side of it which i do love don't get me wrong and um, a lot of it is still there with a lot of like skill there, tree yes. and like and 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 gear uh and, and gear statting and all that that's like so in inherent to like a lot to build crafting in final fantasy I think it gets me to the idea that what draws a lot of people initially to a fighting game, but then what makes them drop off. And with all that d debate, you really hear the same things where it's like, this looks really cool. This is really fun to play, but there's no like explanations. There's no single player content or there's like zero gap. I mean, there's a huge gap between joining the game and where it actually is competitively what i love is when single player games kind of like make you feel like you're playing a fighting game in a way but it's tailor-made to make you feel like you're capable um that's one reason why i love devil may cry at least in the middle zone of like three four and five where you can kind of feel great mm -hmm. where it doesn't punish you as hard um Three really did that. Four, I feel like, tamped it down just a tiny amount. And then five kind of really let you play around with it and have fun. Um, and I love that idea for somebody to be able to pick up something and mash buttons, but then have so much fun mashing buttons that you want to learn how to do it better mm -hmm. and more efficiently. And then all of a sudden, like, that's where it gets you. Because for me, that I think that actually clicked in the DMC Devil May Cry game, um, where I was in the middle of, like, just mashing stuff, messing around, and then realizing, oh, wait, but if I hold this button and then hit this button, I can do this better. And then getting into fighting games it itself, coming full circle now, Final Fantasy 16 seems to have distilled all of that idea into a perfect package, where you have the no bother with real travel you can just kind of get to the map fast travel mm -hmm. to where you need to go and you're in the right zone you got missions takes mm -hmm. you right where you need to go to fight the monster more hops theory, than just I mean. open world also yeah yeah kind of like what um, they have kind of like what they have promoted right which doesn't waste your time it doesn't force uh the entire game to be loaded in at all times so it saves on the power that it's going to take um because then you're just like you don't have any expectation to have the entire map in front of you. You could just know that, it, hey, this is that zone. That's all we need because it's all about the combos, baby. Um, and then let me think well, all the other stuff that I watched distilled through my retinas the last like 20 minutes of that. Um, all of the really cool stuff that you can do with those like scripted boss segments that I said to you, Alejandro, mm -hmm. that it was very Asura's Wrath. Uh huh. Um, where it's just like, absolute the insanity i mean the scale was transformed and the fact that they Ifrit. call it like cinematic strikes as well yeah <laughs> and i was like this is exactly what i want out of this stuff because it's like it's really fun to do all of the gameplay stuff and one of the things that i just really love is when you go really bonkers to show what the character is capable of in a cutscene as well as like the cool acting stuff that's one reason why i think god of war really resonates with me because you get these deep emotional moments and then you get the bombastic 
like Balder versus Kratos and like Kratos and Atreus versus the corpse of the giant and then like the dragon and stuff where you just fly getting thrown through an entire universe practically um and you're just like i'm here for this this is amazing i don't know what's going on but i'm, I'm just going for it yeah and the fact that they just created all of these fights for that kind of vibe um go ahead on this is a game think? that i'm gonna play in my big tv i like playing like a lot of my games inside my room because of ac of air conditioning but my god just the scale of just that those two giants going at it and just, how crazy it just kept getting more and more and more at a point at a, at a certain point it became like Star Fox a little bit like when you when they're like far ahead like you were like oh whenever phoenix. it was bahamut and, uh, phoenix and phoenix fighting yeah it was like it's such a it's so unabashedly i, I said paul is like this is the most like anime ass triple a game that i've seen <laughs> like, yeah. like literally and but like that's not the perfect example of it the perfect example was whenever uh ifrit was like sliding up the tentacle on yes uh, that's exactly what i was Titan freaking out and like jumping I... and like throwing fireballs and shit like that was truly like beautiful physics do not apply if you are powerful enough and i love like the lack of explanation for it where it's just like no at a certain point you're like you're in in this zone enough that gravity doesn't work anymore you're just you're flying you're doing a backflip as a fire demon deity and just oh my gosh it was so I mean, cool the icons are gods yeah they literally are um and it's I, I love the idea that they took all of the summons, which I always thought were like a little too disconnected from the rest of a Final Fantasy story. Mm. That was always like, okay, yeah. so we have these weird deities we could summon into a fight. And, and they're all the same the deities in all these Final Fantasies. The exact same name, the exact same shapes. It's just different games. So they were just kind of like the common thing that kind of linked every entry together. But this is the first time that... Because I feel like Leviathan in Final Fantasy XV was one of the few times that I feel like the a summon was uh, a big part, part of, of like uh, of the story and both like the lore of the of the, of the place where it happened. That's that was my favorite part of of fifteen. Titan and uh, Leviathan were the only two that really had story bearing. Mm -hmm. Like Shiva showed up, Ifrit showed up, uh, and then was it Odin? Bahamut um, was at the uh, end. Oh yeah, Bahamut. Mm -hmm. uh, but which is the one that's the big Ramu. wizard dude? Ramu. Ramu. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he's the one that shows up like sometimes, and that just didn't make any sense. So to tie it into, there are characters who are essentially avatars for that mm -hmm. being, and then it seems like you can also like gather Evan the Evangelion style to switch into more. <laughs> yeah, um, and I just I love the idea that you can win favor with this deity and then like almost summon them slash turn into them utilize parts of them um because clearly clive is using more than just ifrit mm -hmm. in all of that gameplay where he can utilize um the crazy yeah. sword of like shiva i think they and said some that of the um, you can learn techniques from the other dominance okay that's what i was seeing um mm -hmm. because like clearly... not necessarily like um like not necessarily channeling the icon but like right. using techniques that are based off of that icon's power because like there okay. are multiple points where like they went into that like uh quick shot mode kind of like in kingdom hearts uh -huh. that i saw was, that uh, i thought ramu. that was really funny yeah that was ramu 
Um, okay. The big claw attacks, like the spinning claw attacks. Super those. Rude, uh, um, that makes so that much sword, sense. I couldn't figure out which one that was. The sword was either Odin or Ifrit, because uh, mm-hmm. they were both red and it's hard to tell. Yeah. I know yeah. Ifrit was like one of the penultimate bosses on 15, like back, yeah. back then. And it was yep. like, like yes. the intro that flashes you forward yeah, when they're like right. adults and all the four are like getting covering from like the fire that's when they give Ifrit that happened in that Ifrit, one yeah. yes yeah. yeah right at the end and you get uh bohammed's help to defeat him mm-hmm. well actually that's you get right. everyone's help because shiva helps too mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, shiva and bohammed there's a lot going on with that game there, there's a lot yeah. going on yeah. and a lot of it showed me the ending of it yeah. and it's just such a wild roller coaster that somehow still makes you feel emotional at the end of it mm, that's but, his yeah, biggest um, achievement <laughs> It's it's a genuine achievement to make me feel emotion when it's like none of this makes sense, but God, I just want them to be friends. Percy, <laughs> <laughs> but... human emotion. Yeah, but that, this uh, game has so much stuff. Like, do you see like that part where you're like talking with someone and you see like the little sprites happening when you're like learning? That was something. <laughs> I love that. Um, that reminds me actually, because I love that they just added an entire NPC that gives you lore. Where he's like, all right, you want to come sit here? Here's a tome. Explain the entire socioeconomic details of our Fire Emblem style no. freaking world. Where it's like, that. got. I appreciate World War that II a documentary. lot. <laughs> like, this army came in to attack this crew in this year. And I was like, like, I don't know. I almost respect it that they separate it out, but that they give enough, like, trust in that system to even put the work in for it you know where it's like we know some people are going to really eat this up so we're going to put work in we're also going to shove it off to the side so if that's what you want you can have it but if you don't you could just kind of play the game because that kind of ties into my thing where accessibility for Mm -hmm. so many people where you have games out there that are so cool but they're forcing you to be really good have Mm -hmm. good reflexes Mm -hmm. good motor functions and at first it was like oh you got to have the skill for it but now it's like good basically (laughs) that was the mentality obviously (laughs) and now we're realizing there's so many people out there that physically can't but like then it becomes gatekeeping on people who really want to just have a good experience and i love that they let you hey if you don't want to deal with all of this stuff like this isn't your cup of tea just pick the story mode it'll pick like items and attachments and weapons for you don't worry about it just well, enjoy like all the story the, um, there's graphics the mode also accessories. i don't know if you saw if you noticed that they they like really focused that the game had like a the graphics mode which we know that this game has a performance mode which is so funny yeah. because of what we're going to talk about later but they were like just yeah. showing you showing us every Everything like there was like no stone unturned whether like how we're building Final Fantasy 16 but that's that's Yoshi P for you mm-hmm. mm. that was that's basically what saved 14 he took a no stone no no stone unturned when he like came in to rescue that game with Tabata back mm-hmm. back when they did a Realm Reborn so and Paul your number one is like you, you picked this as your number one for this I... year and this was my, my I number. I remember six, y'all yeah. were shocked for a second when uh-huh. I finally revealed it, and y'all were like, "Really? Oh, wow!" Like, because uh-huh. I mean, this is also the year with Tears of the Kingdom that I used uh-huh. to champion so much, and Spider-Man Two, mm-hmm. and all of this other stuff. And the fact that I picked the next Final Fantasy game, y'all yeah. were like, "I was just, I was just surprised that you didn't put uh, Jedi Survivor as number one, considering just that how was much the other you... one. I yeah. almost did. Yeah. I'll admit this, this, this trailer definitely sold it to me. Like, because mm-hmm. before I was like hesitant, because like 
Stranger from Nowhere was pretty cool. Or Stranger of Paradise. Stranger was Paradise. <laughs> Fourteen. Yeah, I mean, I play the I play that game more than I probably should. Not presently. Yeah, fourteen. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Old three hundred like plus hours. Was, of it. <laughs> right. Fifteen was okay. Yeah. And fifteen like, is I'm like glad the, to see... it's a bad game that's somehow good. <laughs> right. But I'm really glad to see that like that that seed that started with the combat of 14 or 15 mm -hmm. has now matured and grown into like an actual action yeah. combo system yeah. yes they that are is, not like pussyfooting appropriate yeah, yeah they're, they're not pussyfooting of like they had they, they were like no we want to be action fighter i think we think we need to like keep it like not like a full action game to kind of keep the essence of final fantasy and then final fantasy 7 remake was that weird hybrid uh yeah it's like a sort of like combo based game by the like a lot of your damage is relying on you pausing the thing to like pick the pick like the big it's, slash you still had cloud. to you still had to like um play within the tactical layer mm -hmm. yeah that not was just the like other thing i really liked um that they have an entire system that lets you do the combos like the auto combo essentially mm -hmm. and then also pausing time to let you dodge out of the way or counter mm -hmm. the time the, uh, the timer yeah. where it's like press r1 I, but there's like the circle to show you i when really to do respect things. that people are willing to like kind of do that because you hear so many people complain and try to do the elitism process of like just learn the game but sometimes you just want to watch the cool stuff happen exactly. and i i just respect that they're trying to do both out of this but each group that likes it is just going to end up loving the game and in the end in five to ten years everyone's going to look back and go man final fantasy 16 was awesome in theory mm -hmm. but the reason doesn't actually matter as much as the game itself yeah it feels like they had like square has a legit winner upcoming like if everything like like they have not been shy about been showing a lot of this before they did the state of play there was a 30 minute like gameplay like raw gameplay that they threw in the internet and i was like yeah go see the game like uncut go it's like they they haven't been shy like they're not like worried about this one they're like really flaunting that this game is done they're finally they're like everything is just like come together for his june 22nd reveals like it's such a far cry of us back in 2006 watching final fantasy versus 13 that original trailer of uh of noctis coming down the stairs and having to wait 10 years for it because it changed hands it changed its style it's like its original intent and all that and it's so super cool that we got, we knew about this game existing three years ago now it's here like even though it's been a long time it's been a while since like the last mainline game obviously seven remake being put in the middle of that kind of like models of waters that we haven't really been like final fantasy less for a, for a bit i mean stranger of paradise last year paul's chagrin <laughs> oh man that yeah. was the, that was the seventh episode paul that's when chaos started seventh episode in the seventh episode You've of been show. tormenting me yeah. with this for like 93 <laughs> episodes now <laughs> oh, 86 man. Well, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. About math is of them. not my. In three episodes, it'll be ninety-three. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's, like it, it's just so funny because that episode, that seventh episode, was E3 2021, and it's so funny now that E3 is dead. We actually had an E3 show that we, we covered back in the day, and Stranger Paradise oh, was the highlight for to me of that of, of that. Um, just knowing to me just how much he, Paul hated it, just. 
I, I just filled me with you something. Don't even care yeah. that much about <laughs> not, it not anymore. Not anymore because the game passed. The game was good. Yeah. Like we enjoyed playing it. I beat it. You almost beat it. Yeah. It was like I almost did. It, it, it had all the. Uh, it had all the underpainings of being a train wreck, and it was surprising that it wasn't. That was what was shocking. It was refreshing that it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That it no. was somehow in on the joke. Is yeah. What no, I, I think what made it funnier was that because the thing is that like, when I knew Paul hated it, I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's like he hates it. But then when people played the demo that was like corrupted, when it, when, like, when it shadow dropped, and people were like, wait a second, this is actually good. And then I was like, ooh, people yeah. are saying it's good, Paul. <laughs> So and that's that's, where that's it what began. started. Yeah, that's where it began. <laughs> because had it been as bad as it looked, I wouldn't have cared. Is it because I was hearing that people were enjoying it? I was like, oh man, <laughs> a war of attrition has started here. I but... just I just love that it's a prequel to Final Fantasy one, two, one, two. Yeah, for one, yeah, one. one. Yeah, it's and, a prequel. And then it just like justifies like the what Final Final Fantasy one becomes. You are the villain. Like your yeah. partners are like the bosses, become the bosses yep. that yep. the guardian, the warriors of light flies. It's so funny how that, how that happens. And the ending of Stranger of Paradise is insane. Well, Paul, you have to look. Like you're not gonna play it. Look up the ending. Just look up the it's last crazy. hour of that game. It's nuts. I really need to. Yeah, it's really crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, Jack goes off the deep end. Like completely. Like if you thought like he was, just picture like the. The scene of him trying to punch Skeletor or doing the Liu Kang kick to the yeah. to the blue thing, like blow those things to ten. Like it's take, take that and take that energy and like and he goes completely unhinged with what he's forced to do at the end <laughs> and what breaks him. Lord. Yeah, it's so it's it's so funny, but it, that's what's cool about Final Fantasy 16. It's like there's nothing that I look at this that gives me worry. My only worry is that it may not live up to the hype. That's like my only <laughs> thing is like because it looks so good. It looks so cool, and it's cool to feel that way about like a mainline Final Fantasy because how many people were like hand wringing all the way until 15 released? Many people didn't even want to believe it was coming out until you started seeing the uh, the Stand by Me commercials on TV on November that year. <laughs> yeah. so that's when it became real. It's like crap, it's actually happening. This game is mm. actually gonna come out. So they went from that to this and Rebirth later this year or later winter. Which I think that one can get pushed. I'd be incredibly shocked if Rebirth is in December. I want to believe. I want to believe. Like Crisis Core made it in December, and it was so good. Yeah. So, so yeah. So those are our thoughts of so. Final Fantasy 16. I was sad that they didn't drop like a final thing, like a demo available today. How cool would that have been? Oh, that would have been great. Oh man, that would have. Been... I mean, it's clearly fleshed out enough. I mean, you said it was already gold technically. Yeah, so they last could week. Make a yeah, last week we read it. Playable demo, so I I believe it. Yeah. So let's fly through a couple funny news. It, this is interesting. I think the all this next few, at least the next two, are news specifically made to be dunked on. Story number two, officially. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has been delayed to 2024. The game will now launch on February 2, 2024. In a statement on Twitter, Rocksteady confirmed the game would be delayed almost an entire year from its planned May date. We have made the tough but necessary decision to take this the time needed to work on getting the game to be the best quality experience for players, it reads. Thank you to our amazing community for the continued support, patience, and understanding. There is much more to share in the months ahead, and we look forward to seeing you in Metropolis next year. So, uh, Jason Schreier, he, uh, he's the one that like 
had broken the news that it was being delayed because this is the first official confirmation from like WB and Rocksteady that this was getting pushed. He broke the news that it was going to be delayed the week after we saw the state of play that was received so poorly. You can uh, you can listen to the episode me, Paul, and Sebastian did reacting to that thing where we kind of went ham on that one because it was like, oh man, it, it, it was just not good. Like now that we knew what it was, but... I don't believe, like, personally, they say this is for for Polish. I don't believe for a second this entire I... year delay is just for Polish. So I have a sneaking suspicion that what we saw is all they had. That'd be insane after eight years if that's all they had. But it would be, right? But yeah. it also would make sense that basically they're having to rush to finish what's there. Yeah. Because, like, I, I, the more I've been thinking about it, the more I actually kind of agree with your, mm -hmm. like, your conspiracy about this game. Mm -hmm. That it started off as something completely different, like a Superman game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, like, WB so was like, we don't want that. No, we want, we want a looter shooter, do something different. And yeah. instead of being like, oh, well, we'll just start over, they just took what they had and changed it. Yeah. And, like, I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion because, like, WB, is notoriously bad about like basically just creating these insane deadlines hence why we keep getting broken games out of them yeah. but like or just like long as development cycles literally everything that they have released like recently from lego star wars the skywalker saga hogwarts legacy just I a couple months ago so many times gotham knights like all of those games have like lego star wars was five years in development a lego game yeah, that was pretty ambitious, and it turned out pretty good. Now that I can play all of it, like recently. Yeah. Uh, Paul, recently, you didn't put it on your list, but you went back to LEGO for a little bit also to, to play the oh, original Oh, I didn't trilogy. forget to yeah. mention that entirely, yeah. yeah. It, it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. Gotham Knights, eight or nine years in development. Like, nine years, actually, because uh, Batman Arkham uh, Origins was 2013. And, and and that game was made by, the, uh, by, by WB Montreal. Yeah, big disappointment, huge disappointment, and uh, Howard's Legacy. You, we all have our opinions and all that, but in general, the general consensus consensus that it turned out good. We can say that. like like it like it turned out good, um, better than many expected. People were expecting something bad out of it for some reason, but but I was like, when I first saw it in the in the state of play that they did last year, I was like, this looks way better than I was expecting from the guys that made Disney Infinity. But that game yeah. was also seven eight years in development. Oh yeah. And now this game, if, if it was going to come out uh, in, in a month, it was eight years since Arkham Knight. Now it's going to be nine years. Management over WB, it's a dumpster fire. Oh, like, God, yeah. <laughs> it's an absolute dumpster fire. And and I, ca I can't imagine that, that, that Rocksteady uh, didn't see the writing on the wall when everyone absolutely just dunked on this game to hell and high water after that state of play. Like that, that state of play did them even more harm than good because oh, it yeah. confirmed everyone's <laughs> worst fears about it. And the worst part is, it's kind of what it says. Like we love looter shooters. We have a destiny. We play destiny a lot. Like we are in a clan. We're gonna raid later. It's like we we appreciate like a good looter shooter when done right. Mm. For this kind of game, it's like it's like what I told Paul in our in, in our episode reacting to that. It's like this feels like blue balls. Like knowing everything that's in this game. Like a Metropolis Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, uh, Green Lantern, Lex Luthor, all of that in a really well realized Metropolis. And you play as a freaking Suicide Squad in a looter live service online only shooter that 
now that we're in the point where like live service is literally anathema whenever everyone hears live service it feels like everyone checks out of a game that's usually how it feels like and i do wonder if they say that this is for polish but i wonder if they're gonna like slowly start like unbaking the cake a little bit and just like, if you remember that uh duncan for destiny 2 it took bungie a year to unbake a lot of like their poor decisions from vanilla Destiny 2, like the double I primaries, mean, the neutered power. Um, it took them a lot longer than that because we briefly discussed this, but like last, up last until night. very recently, like Destiny was still suffering from decisions that they made when the game came, came out. out. Yeah. Like there's like we're still suffering some of those decisions today. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's like you can't fully unbake the cake, but to their credit, like they were able to reverse the majority of like the poor decisions. The others were just like fundamentally what the what that was. The next thing we're gonna talk in the next story because they had like I don't know why they announced that now because it it brought them so much grief. Uh, but like they're saying that game also was announced as online only, but they said that they're gonna patch it to be offline, like at some indeterminate point in the future. So it makes me wonder if they really were baking this as a full on live service thing and they're gonna Gotham Knights it because when you play Gotham Knights, it's very clear. With the million currencies, the gear system that game had, they were planning on making Gotham Knights a live service that they janked that out, but left a bunch of the systems in place. It just kind of like janked it being a live service. I wonder if that's what's going to happen here. It's a year for a game that was supposed to come out next like, next month. Well, that, I mean, yeah. it's either they're going to take them out or add more of them. Yeah, that would be like so toned. Like I, that's the thing. Like I can imagine them being so toned deaf. The leadership that made that that, that studio, Septon Hill, the guy that uh, that was always the face of the Arkham games, he left the studio early early this yeah. year. So it was like their the head saw the writing of the wall and they decided to leave before the thing came out. And yeah. many obviously saw it's like, oh, that must be a really bad sign. But they're like, no, no, no. Like the game is ready. It's been ready for a while. We believe that it's, it's like in the in the right direction to launch how it should. But um, and then immediately followed up with, we're going to take a year, guys. Yes, Sorry. Exactly. So it's like, to me, it's like, um, a Polish delay to me is like the Jedi Fall, uh, Jedi Survivor delay. That was six weeks. They, yeah. It was like the original Last of Us back in PS3, they asked for six weeks also for Polish. And we know like how that original two, Last of Us launched. Like a month or two is what Polish would be. Exactly. For a, Especially if you knew that you were launching a game and you just need kind of like finish polishing up. A year delay to me is a... Yes, we're going to keep polishing up, but now we're going to start, like, untangling this. Like, nine months? Yeah. Nine months is a lot of time. Exactly. Enough time for them to, like, start, like, untangling a little bit. It's like, they kind of yeah. need this. To me, if it goes offline, like, if it can be playing offline, I feel that could save this game a little bit. Because this is, if it's online only, it's like, I don't feel this game has a tail. I don't feel the Suicide Squad as a concept is one that demands, like, an ongoing live service shooter. To me personally, it's like... Those are not the characters people love. Like, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad movie from 2021, really great movie. No one saw it. But people love Peacemaker, the TV show. But that's yep. different. But that's that's different stuff. And that happened from that. But Paul, like, uh, Paul, you've been always being very vocal how you feel about The Suicide Squad. So even though well... you look, even though you look like John Economos from the movie and Peacemaker. Yeah, we're kind of pooping all over it right now. We need some positivity. <laughs> oh, I don't know if you're going to get any positivity from me. On oh, no. Squad. Yeah. <laughs> mm. No, no especially because uh, I love Superman. And, and there's evil Superman. Superman had 
metaphorically had to die for them to get a suicide squad in metropolis of mm -hmm. all places um and then on top of it giving me another evil superman yeah. which is a trope that i despise um just yeah. the concept of like oh the paragon's only cool if you break them it's like no buddy you missed the entire point of that and we now see even more so when you do it right Mm -hmm. in somebody like captain america and a lot of the other situations it used to be luke skywalker and mm -hmm. whatever happened with that yeah we um, talked about that yeah. last night too yeah. thanks yeah. Ryan. thanks ryan johnson <laughs> right gosh um and even that, that's a side note anyway um <laughs> no rabbit trail no <laughs> i uh I already wasn't super thrilled about this because I was one of those people that is a bit of a stick in the mud. I just didn't really care much about the Suicide Squad as a concept. Yeah, you did like, like the movie. Okay, no. you did like the movie. I, I did like the the recent one because of how fun it was. Mm -hmm. Um, and you love Peacemaker. I loved Peacemaker was okay. I liked I I resonated surprisingly a lot with Peacemaker himself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. Where it's like realizing that people close to you are really not good people. And mm -hmm. what do you do about that? And like when you talk a big game because of the way you look uh, and then all of a sudden you're a big softy underneath mm -hmm. and stuff like that, where I was like, oh, wow, shoot, I, I kind of re recognize this. Yeah. And, and I then fighting the a gorilla of him, um, <laughs> the gorilla as well. Yeah. And the gorilla. Sure. <laughs> sure. The gorilla. Um <laughs> And the fact that a guy that looks tangentially like me chainsawed a gorilla <laughs> that was CG. That's cool, yeah. Uh, whatever. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It, it, decent concept. I, I think it was better execution. But when the whole idea is, yeah, so the Justice League went evil. We're going to get these people to fight them. It's like you're doing so much mental gymnastics in your writing team to make it so that any of these characters survive at all to stand a chance where it's it's always going to come down to the oh they're not actually fighting at full power mm -hmm. or the oh we're going to give them some kind of broken ability to kind of negate all of this and then it becomes the injustice problem where it's like yeah. okay well all you want is them to punch each other and you're going to give all of the weak people a like special pill that makes them strong like superman now but it's like all you really need is to just not to stay in your lane but in a sense of like make the grounded characters fight grounded enemies like there shouldn't be as much crossover in that like fighting up like ultimate underdog so, so then the question cooler. would be would you be more satisfied if it was something like the justice league dark i think so yeah because they yeah. have magic yeah it's so um, funny that... sebastian asks us the same question if we wanted like, oh yeah yeah it was so funny he asked us that that if we would prefer this like the same concept but the guys we play are the justice league dark instead of the suicide squad yeah and even if you didn't change much of the gameplay it would make more sense from a thematic standpoint because each of those characters can and have gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with the main crew also have a nice cohesive team that they work with separately from the justice league and that would probably make more sense you get your dr fate your john constantine your zatanna mm -hmm. your um swamp thing yeah swamp thing um duh dead man mm -hmm. like all that stuff like you get some crazy awesome things that you could do and this isn't just like oh we stand justice league dark only it's just like 
let the Suicide Squad kind of do their own thing. I just mm-hmm. feel like they shot way too hard in the literal jumping of the the shark situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the King so Shark? Like, yeah, they, they jumped yeah, the literally. King Shark. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, now the Justice League is evil and we got to rely on the villains to save us. And it's like, all right, we've now seen this done a couple of times mm-hmm. and it wasn't really that great half the time and it yeah. was good once. Yeah, and... I was going to say this back in that recording because that was also when I was having my Noah's Ark situation of the construction and me being muted and all that. Uh, And what I wanted to say back then, I can say it now, is like the only reason the Suicide Squad was picked for this was because they're the only characters that you could think generally make sense for a looter because they use guns. And even then, like, like having captain boomerang and king shark with guns like that's not the fun of that it's like that's, yeah, that's even that, that that's still like stretching really the just stretching the concept a little bit but that's just the reason why they picked them because they wanted to make a looter shooter they got this idea back when destiny was the biggest thing in the d1 era because that's when the game would have started development and unfortunately it's like the whole industry moved on they are we already have our looter shooters the ones that are like Mainstays. The uh, King Shark's going to be the Hulk from uh, Marvel's from Avengers. the Marvel Avengers mm. game, where it's like, oh, cool, I got new fists. Mm. Yeah. New pants. <laughs> yeah. New yeah, pants. Like, yeah. And Avengers is like such a perfect example of trying to make a looter out of like heroes that don't make sense. Like from 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 that uh like like from from that roster realistically. The only ones that worked for Looter was Iron Man, because obviously picking different stuff for like your Iron Man suit, that would make sense, but they wanted to make like a blanket thing, but that just didn't work. It's like, there's just some things that conceptually don't work, and it sucks that this game is a victim of trend chasing. And unfortunately, it's like, they push the, they kick, they push the bucket farther now. It's like, that to me, like, the only thing that saves this is that this year that they're going to take now, or close to a year, they have to retool. They absolutely have to retool it now, because everyone knows they already make fun of the Shoot the purple balls. That's like just the gameplay. You can't imagine. It's like to beat Superman, shoot his purple balls. That's literally gonna be a game. I tell you because that's what we were shown, and yep. they got a retool. It's like at least at the minimum, just like eliminate a bunch of the battle passy thing. It's like do what you did with Gotham Knights. Nice, just uh, wash your hands of it, make it like its own thing. We don't need an ongoing thing and an ongoing thing for this because I don't feel like we added another member of the Suicide Squad. Is the exciting is the exciting thing that they think it is. It, that didn't work with Avengers, where it was like adding new heroes. Here's Black Panther, here's the PS5 exclusive Spider-Man, or things like that. It's like, that didn't work for that game, and that was the freaking Avengers. Because the conceptually just didn't work. This is not going to work. So it's like, they either retool or they die. We are, we already know this game is dead in the water. It's like, yep. they just like delayed the death <laughs> at this point. So, but yeah, it's like, it's, it sucks. It's like, it sucks. And parts of it look fun. That's the worst part, is like, because... I could like remove it and just look at the looter side of it. I was like, yeah, I see something. I mean, I enjoyed uh, Division for a little bit. I enjoyed, uh... yeah, I tried to enjoy Anthem. <laughs> like, I tried, I definitely tried that. I tried. So, very well. Dunking number two for story number three. Um, this is for Twitter, uh, Duncan, because this is a game you wanted to buy an Xbox Series S to play. You told yep. me in my chat because. Game Pass, for some reason, is, like, screwed in your PC. <laughs> Absolutely just borked. Does not yeah. work at all. <laughs> so, and you're a big Arcane fan. I am. Yeah, so. But you also like good performance, right? <laughs> yes. So. Yes, I do. Bad news for this one. Uh, Redfall will yep. only launch with quality mode on Xbox. Story by Marcus Stewart from Game Informer. 
Xbox fans eager to jump into Redfall next month will initially have to make do with only one graphics option as the game won't be launching with a performance mode. In a tweet, Arcane reveals that only quality mode will be available when the game releases on May 2. A uh, 60fps performance option is coming at an unspecified date, but until it does, here's how the game will run depending on your hardware. On Xbox Series X, 4K 30fps. Xbox Series S, 1440p 30fps. Sounds like PC is the way to go if you value performance over resolution, but hopefully it doesn't take too long for the option to appear on console. I'll say this, just to jump in a sec. I've been seeing a lot of previews for Redfall recently with Xbox prompts at 60 FPS. What an ungenuine way to like pre present your game that's launching so soon and this is like the options that the console people will have. And, by the way, the most powerful console available. Remember all that, Paul? The 12 teraflops. Uh, this is the most powerful console. The PS5, like, coming at 10.2 teraflops is going to be like weaker console. Like, the Xbox is going to trounce it. Yeah, the PS5 mm -hmm. is the system that has the games with better performance. And at times, yeah. like, the equal, um, the same amount of resolution. So. As we very quickly found out and what was being said before the system's even released, it's not how powerful the machine is it's how you use it and we we saw that several times before this point but a lot of people still get caught up about those numbers uh in raw power so this is just i guess to continue talking while this one had to be muted uh i i feel bad for a lot of people who are really looking forward to this release i'm also one of the people that loves arcane games to the point that i genuinely enjoyed Deathloop. um yeah. and i still feel like one day i'd like to go back and play it from start to finish because it's just such a solid simple mechanical game and arcane just does not miss with its weird immersion building action honestly so i had to double check something because i could have swore redfall was built using arcane's in-house engine it's not it's actually using our uh, unreal 4. what wow yeah yeah it's really? using unreal engine 4 yeah, yeah at least good for them yeah yeah but, the like the crazy thing is is that like if that's the case then they don't actually have a good reason no. to do that because um so the void engine gets real funky mm -hmm. between 30 and 60. like at 30 it works fine at 60 it works fine but in between like you get some weird physics that happen because like in Deathloop, if you ever get the chance to play Deathloop at exactly 45 frames per second, it's the most broken game you'll ever experience. In yeah, your and life. to be fair, how they did Deathloop is if you're playing that game on the, its performance mode, it run perfectly. That was the yeah. lock 60. So, yeah. And that's what I mean. Like in the intervals of 30, it works perfectly fine. But like at 45, it just breaks in the most hilarious ways. Mm -hmm. But no, and I. I double checked and it doesn't use the void engine it uses unreal 4. Mm -hmm. and the xbox series x has run many a game using unreal engine 4 at 60 frames also yeah so it, it makes no sense it absolutely makes no sense and also like why keep promoting it with the xbox even though i would I, I went back and actually there was a, a bunch of follow-ups of the people that previewed this game recently uh arcane uh, arcane previewed this game on mid uh, on, on middleware pcs like that's how they were promoting this and they were not talking about console performance then so again very ungenuine but it's like i really feel bad for xbox like they just really can't catch a break they like, blew a whole lot of money on uh on, on some questionable decisions exactly i mean like 
the 7.6 billion acquisition for Bethesda that gave them this game as an Xbox exclusive, um, like this was going to be one of the showcases. Like this is a, a a game already with a year delay. That's what that, that's what's funny. And also, I think the worst part is that them announcing that 60 frames is coming later. I'm like, why not delay then? Like, yeah, it's like an FPS. Like at this at this day and age now. I feel like an, a first-person shooter at minimum has to always run at 60. I feel that more than any other genre has to be the uh, the, the it, genre that that has to be running. Like at least has to hit it, even if it's not yeah. perfect. It has to aim at that because that's yeah. the, that's the genre that that framer is like most effective at. Adventure games like more slower It'd stuff be, like you can make it work. It also like could have to do with their contract with Xbox because I have a we don't know the details of what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's up? Do you think that we could possibly see an EA Disney situation out of this Bethesda Xbox situation? Harder because it's like it's been acquired wholesale. Uh, the certainly harder, but yeah. like, oh yeah, that's true. Could because that was more of a partnership. But in the in that nature of it, do you think Xbox is going to get mad enough at Bethesda for not providing the value that they were bought for, essentially? Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, well, I like, don't think that's how they look at it because yeah. I think the value they're looking at is more Starfield, and everything mm-hmm. else is just consequential. Cons- well, I guess let's say if Starfield kind of comes and goes, I don't think it will as much. But with everything else coming out this year, this is like one of those perfect storm situations that a game that like Starfield that would have killed it last year might get somewhat forgotten or at least put on the back burner. For something like this if that doesn't sell as well as they're hoping i think that might be a a switch flipping point for them and i don't think anything's really gonna happen out of it and remember the caveat like they're gonna actually get remember the caveat these games don't have to sell they're in game pass yeah they're in game pass they don't yeah, have so, to sell that's no, the that's weird true. that's the okay part. so because i i, the I fact feel that game and that's what i mean make like, sense <laughs> yeah game I, pass is like it's it's a weird um like creates a weird situation to the Xbox ecosystem because what they're essentially doing with this game launching on Game Pass in a few weeks is that this is launching on early access. This is what it this is what it is. Especially if them yeah. because they're not only patching the 60 frames mode, they're gonna patch an offline mode. So theoretically if you were just selling this game, you would rather just delay and launch everything at once because you only get a chance at a first impression. So Right now, they, they've given the option not to people to be like, if you really want to jump straight in when this thing launches on May 2nd, sandwich, by the way, in between Jedi Survivor and Tears of the Kingdom, already a really bad launch time in IMO. Uh, like, because this Game Pass is like, well, it's on Game Pass, we can try it, see how it feels, blah, blah, blah. And there's been, like, I've, I've been reading this around, I think I talked to you about this, Duncan, yesterday when we were playing that. One of the podcasts that I listened, they made a... One one developer contacted the main dude and kind of gave him some information about the one time they did like a blind test for people where uh, they had a bunch of people like start playing a game at 60 frames and were told to and they were being told that you can switch the you can switch the graphics mode in the options menu but they started at 60 frames 70 percent of them switched to 30. Yeah, they uh, because uh, they said that they preferred the prettier graphics. Yeah. Because, like, it's only competitive to to be fair. At the end of the day, the only time FPS genuinely matters past 30 is in competitive games. Exactly, in shooters. In in, in most shooters. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think 
this is definitely kind of like this is a nail whether it's in a coffin or on their certificate of being awesome mm -hmm. we're yet to see mm -hmm. but this is a nail in something yeah because the average person isn't gonna care mm -hmm. the average player is gonna like they're gonna see the game they're gonna be playing it they're gonna be like oh this runs fine and then whenever the performance mode comes out later they'll probably never even turn it on mm. now for the people that like, don't care especially if this is like the default because yeah. it's launching at for 30 because it's it's already going to be at 4k and they're going to care more about the pretty graphics even though the game looks like okay <laughs> this 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 is actually something that comes from working at gamestop okay. people are going to care more about they can say yeah that's a 4k tv i can play my games in 4k they don't care at all how well it runs as long as it isn't a buggy jittery mess mm -hmm. as long as it's running smoothly they don't care if it's 30 45 60 120 they don't care we went through an entire generation in the 360 and ps3 where many games were aiming at 720p and not even hitting that where they were yeah. either 30 or running under 30 that many consider one of the greatest games ever made i.e skyrim by the yeah. way back then god so many people didn't care about that. This is just more like uh, the actual caring about performance is definitely more of us that are more like in the know, that are a little bit more technical or yeah. like, actually see the benefits. Like I did break Paul, by the way. Like it, when, oh. when, I first, when, when we first mm -hmm. met, that's I, right. I, I did break Paul into like understanding just how much better 60 frames can be for like actually playing games. Um, because I couldn't even see when 60 frames was happening in gameplay usually. Well, there was to, like two games mm -hmm. that I could see it. To be honest with you, it's more about frame pacing mm -hmm. than realistically anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's 30 yeah. there's 30 frame games with perfect frame pacing that feel like 60. Yeah. That's why Paul yeah. like like That's true. We were actually this is in those early episodes of the Xbox and um when uh, The Last of Us Part Two got a 60 frames patch. And really, do you remember yeah. when that broke? You were like, well, that was not already in 60? Yeah. Remember you had, the, you had that moment? I because think that um, Uncharted 4, and The Stranding, I could have yeah, um, sworn. I was like, no, but, but it looked great. Like, what are you talking about? Because sometimes you can just, it's made in such a way that it works at what yeah. the frame rate it's got. Yeah, um, it rocks all the frames. Yeah, rocks all the frame rate. Clifford. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to say it also helps that most TVs nowadays have variable refresh rates mm -hmm. That's that true. are based off of whatever the input is. Because unlike a computer monitor where you fix the frame, where you fix it, you fix its refresh rate mm -hmm. with TV monitor or TVs, they have a variable refresh rate ranging from as low as 25 mm -hmm. to as high as about 100 on average. And keeps everything looking smooth and not jittery exactly. when it's like in, in fluctuations. Yeah. But sorry, I didn't mean to keep cutting you off. No, no, no. <laughs> so, no, but like a, a rock solid 30 frames with perfect frame pacing and good use of motion blur can make a smooth game feel like it's 60 frames. And I feel like uh, if now this is like the flashpoint now where games that we're entering the, the, the point of the generation where we may not be seeing a lot of 60 frames games, which would suck because if there's been something really nice about like the start of the Xbox Series X and... PS5 generation is that a lot of those games has been very few that don't come with a without a performance mode. Like last year, Gotham Knights and Plague Tale created a calamity on console because they were the first few in years that only came with 30 frames. And Gotham Knights dipped below that, was like unstable. And uh, 
Plague Tale was like more stable, but that one also had the benefit that it was an incredibly pretty game, especially yeah, some of those later parts. Yeah, it was a more cinematic where, experience. Yeah. And, and it worked for that kind of game, even though like it's rough playing the console version of Innocence, the first one, and then jumping to that one because the console version ran at 60, at least the PS5 and Series X version of that game could run at 60, and on Series X it could even run to 120 frames, like based on like some weird patching that the Xbox did. But uh, but yeah, like, I feel like a nail that this, I feel the nails that you were mentioning, Duncan, is like this like hits a nail on the head and the whole idea that the Xbox Series X is the de facto most powerful console uh, of, of the two. Yeah. They're both like comparable <laughs> and quality, but it's, it's also been really strange that in the majority of the time, the PS5 version has been the better version of the two. Only very few times has been like, the only, the, the only areas where Xbox Series X version may be a little better has been like in resolution, like in a game like uh, Hitman 3. That game has higher resolution on Xbox there, but the PS5 version is just slightly lower resolution, but has perfect frame rate. The yeah. Series X version is like dips to 40s and it's like more jittery. So it's like, well, the um, the Xbox also utilizes uh, AI upscaling, mm -hmm. whereas the PlayStation it does as well, but they're using more of a a custom firmware. Mm -hmm. So it and checkerboard targets... checkerboard is their big thing also. Yeah, it typically targets frames over quality. Mm -hmm. Typically, not always. Whereas the Xbox One is quality over frames. Mm -hmm. Which is why, like, even though a game is targeted for 60, it's it'll start dipping. And to be honest with you, that the more we talk about it, that actually could be what it is. Is yeah. it could be because of the way the games upscale. It could be just too much pressure or too much... Um, uh, too many missed frames and the pacing mm -hmm. that that it's able to generate using the uh, Unreal Four engine. Hmm. Yeah, and Unreal Engine Four is like notorious. That was that's a very well widely used engine, but what has some good use in many cases. But then some people that bork the use of that engine. That's yeah. kind of, that was kind of like the big pitch of Unreal Engine Five, fixing a, a bunch of those problems. But. But we'll see, like, Redfall is still launching on May 2nd, like, knowing that the performance mode is happening, like, I don't have to worry about playing this game now on May 2nd, like, I like my shooters at 60 frames, so I'm gonna play that whenever the 60 frames patch happens, plus I might be in the middle of it reviewing Jedi Survivor anyway, so I need to be focusing. Speaking of, final story, um, Jedi, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor PC specs revealed by Blake Hester uh, from Game Informer. Ahead of its April 28 release date, which is crazy, Paul. It's like 15 days from now. I just did the math on that, I think, yesterday yeah. morning, and it, uh, that shook me. Yeah, it's so close. Uh, publisher EA has revealed the PC requirements for Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and most notably, it's going to take up a big chunk of your computer's storage space, weighting it at an eye-watering 155 gigabytes. Here are the minimum and recommended spec requirements as posted by EA. For minimum... Is that the OS can be uh, a Windows 10 with 64-bit. For RAM, you need eight gigabytes. Your CPU features has to be like four core and eight threads. The CPU, if, if you're using AMD, can be a Ryzen 5 1400, or a, and a GPU AMD has to be like a Radeon RX 580. A GPU features can use a DX12 with eight gigabytes of VRAM. You need the 155 gigabyte storage, and for your CPU. You can alternate with either an Intel Core i7 
7700 or an Nvidia GTX 1070. I'm gonna put a stop there, uh, Duncan. Like when you read those minimums, because you're more of a PC guy, like what does that tell you about like how this can run? Like, um, so okay, so the the without getting into too much complication, yeah, in layman, uh, put it in layman. The, the 1400, <laughs> like the R5 1400, mm -hmm. is oh god, when did this thing come out? Um. Uh, the first Ryzen systems came out in like 2000 and like 2010, something like that. That old? Like they're old. Okay. <laughs> they are old. Um. So because of that, you're gonna run into a lot of um limits as far as like it's Mac 2017. Sorry, I was a little off. Oh, okay. uh, this, but it's still yeah, like the, six years. The fourteen hundred, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, you're going to run into a lot of problems, like thermal throttling. Um, a lot of that stuff is just old. Mm -hmm. um, whereas to give you an idea, like the recommended mm -hmm. is actually a six core, uh -huh. uh, twelve thread, fifty six hundred X, which came out like two years ago. So 2021 like, specs. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be, it's also a lot faster. Um, basically, it's like, what's a really good way to, to analogize this? <laughs> so it's basically, it's running versus riding a bike is the difference. To give you an, an estimate of like, the like a visual idea. Minimum of versus recommended. Them. Right. Like, the minimum is walking. You'll get there eventually, and you'll get there with a steady pace, but it's going to take much longer mm -hmm. because you have a shorter stride, you know, for a whole bunch of reasons. Whereas riding a bike, it's less effort for the same distance, to give you an idea. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a very strange analogy, but it's also the simplest one I could think of. Yeah. But that's PC gaming, that's, and that's kind of like what me and Paul are console peasants. Like, yeah, these um, are the things that we don't care. <laughs> but it's just so funny, right. like because I'm trying to look at this, just trying to think how this will run for us on console, Paul. Like, um, to to be honest with you, you're gonna be fine, cause like the what's in what's in the PlayStation Five and the Xbox are the equivalent to uh, six core, eight twelve thread processors. It's that equivalent, and then for the no, they use the same architecture, just slightly different uh, builds. Mm -hmm. So both of them use a version of AMD's 5600, or uh, not, yeah, 50, 57, 58, something like that, uh, series of graphics processors. Mm -hmm. But they're custom from the ground up. So they actually have a little bit more VRAM than the original one did. Mm -hmm. And they run completely custom firmwares. Um, and that's what I mean. That's whenever I like whenever I was talking about earlier how the Xbox renders games versus how the PlayStation renders games mm -hmm. is that the firmwares control how everything functions, right? Mm -hmm. And the PlayStation is a lot more interconnected from the ground up, whereas the Xbox, while it can process things faster, doesn't necessarily utilize all of its components in a streamlined manner. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of always been a weird problem with Microsoft consoles, like even back on the 360. Um, but as far as like the recommend or the minimum, 
you'll probably run fine on like medium with like a, some hitching here and there and like don't expect anything above 30 but like the minimum that it's recommend or the minimum like specs are also a little on the they're older than I expected them to be considering right whereas like if you look at the recommended like we're talking about stuff that came out in the last three years yeah. basically and it's using it's recommending like 155 gigabytes of ssd storage so right. you need an ssd for that like it's 16 gigabytes of ram but uh, like but ryzen 5 5 5600x for cpu the nvidia rtx 2070 so my laptop couldn't run it because i have a 2060 for example for a recommended so, well you'd um you'd be a so this is also the weird thing about like the naming scheme for computer components like the 2060 especially the mobile version of it's not that bad of a gpu you could probably run this game because it's going to be it's going to be more powerful than the 1070 but not quite as powerful as the 2070 mm -hmm. so you probably won't be able to run it at high you'd probably be stuck in medium like i said um but that might not even be true because again like it all kind of depends on how well everything's integrated with each other mm -hmm. um the fact that it requires 16 gigs of ram is kind of wild that would suggest to me that they're they're trying to use well two big things the fact that they recommend um amd first of all mm -hmm. and that much ram would suggest to me that they're trying to utilize um, a relatively modern-ish tech. Mm -hmm. I relatively modern. That's mimics the direct storage capabilities of the PlayStation mm -hmm. and the Xbox where, that both use SSDs. Yeah, well, the Xbox doesn't have the same methodology of yeah. using the as the SSD. Yeah, but uh, what the, basically? Um, whoa. The long story short. Yeah, <laughs> is that, that? <laughs> uh, I did. I that was. That. Yeah, that was like a, a bit. I wonder who. That fell. was quite loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. But like basically, the, it rec it's using um, a system called Bar, mm -hmm. um, which basically allows the GPU to access the computer's RAM. Mm -hmm. Like basically gives it a larger frame buffer, so basically you can load more assets, you can do more with it. And you can only really pull it off with an SSD, which is why an SSD is recommended. Now, I'm kind of surprised that it recommend an M.2 SSD, because that mm -hmm. would really be where, like, you'd see the the highest peaks. Because mm -hmm. with a SATA SSD, they just the the communication way that they talk to each other isn't fast enough. Yeah, and and. And, and, and that's like the most layman's way I could do yeah. that. <laughs> so, so that and and that, ladies and gentlemen, is why console all the way, <laughs> unless you really want to get like into the weeds. To me, it's more like a, I really wanted to read this more, knowing that you were here, I wanted you to read it just to have an idea if the game we're getting on console, Paul, will like be a nice, like great running game. Because usually, when the, a game has like super high like PC specs, that worries me a little bit. Well, about, like how I get how a game could like. Will eventually like come out on console because, like for example, the uh, the Plague Tale Requiem like PC specs were ginormous, were even bigger than this, and that game ran at thirty for us. So 
So that's why. Well, like, so looking at it, this is all kind of middle of the road stuff, to be honest with you. Like the Ryzen 5s are the... So I'm going to give you this really weird breakdown. So whenever you look at PC components, Mm -hmm. you're looking at budget, entry, consumer, prosumer, professional. Mm -hmm. This is firmly in that prosumer range. Mm. where your average person probably won't go out of their way to buy this stuff, but someone who's on a budget but knows what they want will probably grab this stuff. Like, a, an actual, like, someone who's trying to do PC gaming, basically, mm-hmm. would would get a Ryzen 5 5600, would get, you That's know, what my brother has. a 2070 or 3070 or whatever. Like, they would get that more slightly above, like, consumer level, but not quite professional and that's where that prosumer level is yeah we'll see how how things run paul like in 15 days it's, i mean it, it should run fine yeah i would think so i think the only thing that's going to get hamstrung is as always the series s mm-hmm. um i don't like that 155 gigabytes um yeah. at all i'll say this i don't uh, think anything justifies that amount no uh, i don't think call of duty does. call of duty never justified it uh even a game like red dead was pushing it but i'll say this paul i feel like for us for ps5 will be fine because the ps5 has the kraken technology they're yeah, making like they small, have... smaller it manages to compress the file more than the than other than the so other you think systems. that it's not actually going to be 155 for the PS? It might be 120 it'll, for us. Yeah, it'll it'll still be 100 plus easy, but it won't be nearly yeah. 155. Yeah, interesting. For example, yeah. like uh, Destiny on the Series S, for example, I once downloaded, I need 130 gigs for that one. On PS5, it's 100 something. So yeah, it's like 108 or something. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be lesser, but it's still going to be a, a huge chunk of the SSD. So that sucks, but. Give us an idea how live on my system. That's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And now I know that if I want to really play it and maybe not have like some weird hitches, I will have to install it in inside the the main. Yeah, you have to put it on the uh, primary SSD. On the primary SSD, so I don't have. I should send you some of those videos. That just (laughs) that is St. Paul. I bet Uh, they're hilarious. Yeah, the one with the elevator is hilarious because. Geometry just clips through the elevator, like not, like nothing. There's just like a big like debris, just like pops out of nowhere. Like if it's a freaking uh, uh first draft, we're in Maya. So oh god, <laughs> but yeah, that concludes the news, Paul. So read us the, the games that are coming out from April 16 to April 22. That is going to be Disney Speedstorm on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on April 18th. God of Rock on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on April 18th. Minecraft Legends, almost said Microsoft. (laughs) PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on April 18th. Puzzle Quest on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and PlayStation 4, Xbox One on April 18th. (laughs) The Mage Seeker, a legend, a League of Legends Legends story. Huh. Is that, um, PlayStation is, 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on April 18th as is well. Is that the RPG for League of Legends? Do we know? I think so. Is this action? So I wonder. 
Yeah. Maybe the action game. Well, I'll look it up later. Continue. Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster Series is finally coming out on PlayStation 4 and the Switch on April 19th. Can't wait for that one. Yeah. Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores on PlayStation 5 on April 19th. Yeah. Coffee Talk Episode 2, Hibiscus and Butterfly. I didn't know topic, Coffee Talk Episode 1 came out. <laughs> I didn't i don't even remember the talk coffee talk yeah um i feel like i was one of those uh high art things shown at like a state of play or something mm -hmm. so I'm everything it comes out on everything uh, <laughs> yeah it comes out on everything on april 20th all lost epic uh i actually i kind of want to get this it's on coming out on switch on april 20th but it's mm -hmm. already out on uh everything else i'm pretty sure or at least yeah. it's on playstation 4. Mm -hmm. yeah it came um, out last year but yeah it, it looked really good and then uh, Super Meat Boy Forever. I did not realize that was even coming out, but it is on iOS and Android on April mm -hmm. 20th. I had a roommate that used to play Super Meat Boy, and <laughs> uh, watching that game gave me anxiety, Yeah, I tell you. April, uh, Advance Wars 1 and 2 Reboot Camp, uh, finally coming out for the Switch on April 21. And Dead Island 2, wrapping up part of this uh, segment with PlayStation 5. Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Stadia, and yeah. PC. <laughs> Why is it still in Stadia? That's so funny. They're still listing it. The Stadia is dead. Was that the cameo from which cat? Uh, uh, that was Bear. That was Bear. Uh, she's apparently been in here this entire time, and I didn't know. No. <laughs> I thought I got her out. She was hiding in a box. Oh, That's so funny. Classic. And no, ca no cameo, Paul, from yours. Not this time. Raspberry um, was sitting next to me the whole time. There's a rabbit jumping around in front of us down the window. He was staring at it like it oh, was dinner. He was hungry. Um, and then he jumped down and knocked over Adler's leash, uh, which made a noise. But <laughs> the, and then he was just kind of hanging out, and now they're looking for food right now. So yeah, uh, now, we'll we'll go deal with that. Yeah, you should stick that cat on that rabbit. Let them like kill it Mortal Kombat, <laughs> Mortal Kombat style. <laughs> I don't know about that one, Chief. Yeah. <laughs> uh, however, my other cat, Felix, who is the RBF, uh, mm -hmm. is a great target practice for Raspberry. Uh, walking <laughs> around like a cow, just ripe for getting knocked over and smacked around a whole lot. Yeah. Felix just takes it like the pathetic idiot he is. Yeah. It's no, wonderful. Hey, Macaroni didn't uh, bother you this time. Oh, like... no, he, he, he was screaming, but oh, okay. his, uh, his mother was taking care of him. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if you were going to have a, a macaroni like it always happens when we're playing. <laughs> no, my, uh, we closed the door before we started and kicked him out. So yeah. for a little bit, like right when we started, he was screaming at the door. But uh, <laughs> he's left now. Yeah. It's always funny that your dog never makes like a cameo, Paul. I would expect, like, my mind that always, well, like, it's a perpetual he's presence. He's usually in his playpen whenever we record. Mm -hmm. The only time he's ever shown up is whenever uh, he's in between playpen and going outside. Mm -hmm. Lately, <laughs> we've finally started trusting him with not eating things off the floor mm -hmm. uh, to let him walk around the den, at least. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because he'll just pick up dust bunnies mm -hmm. and random wood chips, straw uh dirt anything he'll just lick it up and he'll be fine and then all of a sudden he's feeling sick and we're like why isn't he eating why is he sitting there oh he threw up oh look there's like wood chips and hair and stuff so <laughs> yeah. every once in a while he tries to pull something like that on us yeah and my dog is always like every time i don't think there's ever been an episode where she doesn't bark all the time so but, You'll appreciate this, Paul, but uh, whenever we pet macaroni and tufts of fur come off of him, he does the exact same thing. He'll, like, chase him down and eat him. 
Yeah, that sounds exactly right. Yeah. Mm. Well, that concludes this week's episode of the X Button, and uh, the, your first one, not as a, not as a listener. Well, you you were mostly listening, and this one it was fun. Right. Duncan, yeah. I like the the front seat. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it's fun having you. It's been this has been long in the making. I've been wanting this to happen. So I hope in another time, like maybe in a, in a week of less news, we can have you. You can tell us more stories about your time at GameStop, because I would love to hear like some fun. Like, like like some fun stu- stuff from there, especially knowing that crazy stuff. You were always the person Paul referred referred to when we talked about GameStop in the initial episodes when GameStop was like in a lot of trouble. It was very much a uh, me and these other two sane people surrounded by absolute craziness at all times <laughs> in some weird shape or another. And half of them, I don't even remember, but the second either you, Lulu, or anybody else from that era mentions one thing that's like, oh, you remember that weird tube sock we found mixed in with all the games? Like, I remember that! <laughs> you remember uh, the time you find a Sawzall in the ceiling? <laughs> yep, I remember that one too now. Um, I, I remember all sorts of strange things, uh, but yeah. it's good times. Needless oh, yeah. to say, I'm glad that car- carpet finally got removed from that place because <laughs> oh god, it was so bad. <laughs> like I said, I would love to hear more of these stories, but it's like your 8:30, yeah. right, Paul? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I need to go. <laughs> yeah, and we need to try to get your rating going. So, right. for if concluding, we can get everybody together. Well, um, hopefully, the game's back up because uh, yeah, earlier, I saw that. Was it offline? Oh, yeah, it got Emergency pulled offline about an hour ago. Uh, I hope it goes goes back up because. I can't wait to, for you to see that, right, Paul? Like, I, I really can't. If wait. not, um, we could always figure something out on like a tomorrow, tomorrow night, and if not next week, Elizabeth goes out of town, and I can definitely do any of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, where can people find you, Paul? As always, y'all can find me at Dork of Art on Twitter. And now that I post, I have internet again. I can post all those weird clips of either breaking games or doing something dumb in them. Uh, I think I have like one from Jedi Academy, potentially one mm-hmm. from Star Wars Bounty Hunter. I can't remember which, and definitely one from uh, Jedi Fallen Order. I think, but yeah, I've got like yeah. two or three. I can't wait for you to keep posting more of those because I always love seeing that because your games break in ways mine don't. This is the first time that I send you many glitches. I feel like it's been with that's this. like stuff that I usually experience. Uh, honestly, it's great. Yeah. So. At Duncan, where can people find you? Um, at Devilish Duchess on Twitter. I randomly will post, not very frequently, but yeah. every <laughs> or, once in a while I do. Or some shit posting. <laughs> oh God, so much, so much. <laughs> yeah, That's most and, of what I do. Yeah, I and mean, people can find me at a underscore Dorsegovia on Twitter, where I mostly retweet stuff. Uh, uh, so uh, they can also find me on Instagram at Alejandro Segovia 93 and my current written content over at SeasonGaming.com. I'm still like sort of in the docket for Jedi Survivor. Still like there may be hope, Paul. Uh, the they finally contacted the PR the PR rep that is gonna give the game. Finally answered us. So true. Yeah, cross fingers. So, All right, let's see. Yeah, let's see. Let's That'd see what happens. Awesome. Yeah. If they send PC code, we're screwed. <laughs> that's, that's what that's all I'll say. Yeah, if, they, if that happens, like it's done. So let's hope they send uh, they send console. But until then, uh, just three more for episode 100. Paul, well, let's see what we end up doing for that one. If we do news, we, if we reminisce. I don't we know what's it. gonna happen. Yeah, will it land again on May the fourth? Let me see the calendar. Yeah, we'll be recording on May the fourth. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> please let there be some awesome, uh, awesome gaming Star Wars announcements, please. Even though we already oh, got a please. bunch in Celebration, so. We'll be able to reminisce about how great Jedi Survivor was, at least. <laughs> yeah, because we would have started playing, or we would have potentially finished. finished. Yeah, May fourth. That gives us a few days, like a full week, I think. April twenty eighth, twenty nine, thirty, May first. We get like a full seven days. Yep. Exactly. Let's hope it's not too long. So, but until then, Duncan, we'll see you over there in the clan over in Destiny. Yeah. And everyone, and everyone else that listen or watch, thank you so much. Uh, thank you for keeping like all those listens going is i always i always love seeing the the stats going because i'm like yeah people are still like constantly listening we got a few jumps when the clan jumped in and just started listening to us i made this joke uh paul to duncan when, before you came in that it would be funny if random because you've seen his as as dutch as anything like yes. section says every once in a while yeah. I'll, I'll poke my head back in yeah like one day like uh many people will ask them uh, like as much as anything but he'll answer those things here and they will have to tune in. <laughs> Ooh, finally getting them. Yeah, that that that'd be a fun. That that'd be a fun one, especially some of the like the stupidity that AC asked asks. But but AC yeah. asks really stupid. It's questions. an even even rotation of stupidity and like I don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, but Paul, I'm glad you finally have internet. We've missed you. I know you've been oh, the squ- you, you you've been the Squidward meme of like being in the window <laughs> I have, watching I've been all sitting of this back have watching all of this happen with my favorite cyberpunk flavored place being the featured area, and I can't play it. Yeah, yeah. And you got the seasonal story spoiled for you by accident. <laughs> It happens, but yeah. I'm kind of surprised I didn't find out about that sooner, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but enough of that. Time to time to go play some games, and everyone stay healthy, stay safe. Month is always is already halfway done. We're close to May and this into the summer. And remember, press X to play. Good night, everybody. Adios. Bye, everybody.